Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Aniro, and I want to invite you to come party with Limit Break Radio Friday, October 14th, starting at 9 p.m. at the Rock House in Las Vegas for the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest Community After Party. We're going to have the entire Limit Break Radio crew hanging out partying, and we want you to come party with us. The Rock House is located at the Venetian Grand Shops at 3377 South Las Vegas Boulevard, just a mile from the Paris. $10 cover at the door with open bar package for $40 and bottle service for parties of six for $100. RSVP for the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest Community After Party at our website, LimitBreakRadio.com. RSVP deadline is Tuesday, October 11th. So come join Limit Break Radio and celebrate 10 years of Final Fantasy Online podcasting on Friday, October 14th from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. at The Rock House in Las Vegas. This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Damage Atten of Sargatanis, Marcelin Wolfcrone of Balmung, Damian Maximus of Ferry. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. And by Alamo City Comic Con, October 28th through the 30th at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center in sunny San Antonio, Texas. Alamo City Comic Con celebrates the artists that entertain us through TV, movies, comics, gaming, and cosplay. For more info, including badge prices, celebrity guests, hotel accommodations, and more, visit alamocitycomiccon.com. I don't get it. Ascalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. LimitBreakRadio.com Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to Limit Break Radio! Episode number 83. I want to thank you for joining us live here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Patch 3.4 has been out now for uh, just a little bit under a week. We're going to be talking about it. We want to hear from you. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, limitbreakradio.com slash discord to call into the show. Did this do it for you? We want to hear. We want to hear from you. Uh, thanks for joining us live here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. We are live here from Eorzea. Kick it on over to our freshly remodeled Eorzean studio. Talking about did it do it for you? It definitely did it for the studio. <laughs> I already saw people dancing in the money shot. Really? What? Yeah. Just juxta, really. We need some. It was getting a little stuffy in the studio sometimes, so we gotta make it like one of those uh, little uh, fans with the water, like they have at amusement parks. You know? Yeah. For standing That's in line. That's what it is. What? what? 
I don't know. You what know the when fuck you go to Cedar about. Point and it's really hot out there during the summertime and you're standing in line for the roller coaster. They have fans and they have water that sprays. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Machines. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking about. Okay, okay. We got one of those. Huh? Oh, well, no. Did, did we need one? Yeah, that's was, the question. What's was, on the floor next to it? What? What's on the floor? Uh, soap. Are you sure? So you can wash up afterwards. That's a penis. That's clearly That's, a penis. Whoa, it's an ejaculating whoa, penis. The giant dog. What are you talking about? It's a stage. No, it's that is. Why are not, they, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Why are there plants on the end of it? I know. What? It, because we promote uh, floral and cultural it co- is, connectivity. It is a graphic <laughs> phallus. I don't know what you're talking about. Nika just saw it, didn't she? <laughs> you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about about the the knights of the round table is that what you're talking no about? although that is new uh the fish what, what, what was what was behind the decision of the knights of the round table it was new oh i see <laughs> we didn't have it before at least he didn't sit us at least he didn't sit us at the penis table because i'd have you been know? right on the end that's a stage <laughs> I don't know it's wh- not, why. Why, why do we need a stage? It's not like we hold events. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, people don't dance on the tables after every friggin' show. Yeah. What kind of what kind of show exactly is going to be going out on that stage? Exactly. There it is. There it is for uh, people. Oh, 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 your shoes are ruined. Oh jeez. That does not come out of cloth easy. I would know. Oh, stop it. <laughs> That was a good one, Juxta. Speaking from experience. Uh, Thanks for joining us here live at uh, twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. We're excited to have you along. Uh, And uh, we are, uh, you know, we're getting ready for FanFest. We've just had 3.4. You know, there's a lot going on in FF14. um, But there's also a lot that's been going on outside of FF14 with LBR as well. And I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about what's going on. So uh, we have been working on a new show. Uh, and it's getting pretty close to ready. I mean, it's like right on the cusp of being ready. And uh, I, th- I, I, I think, I think, fingers crossed, that by the time we get out to FanFest, we're going to be able to give you a solidified launch date for this new show. <gasps> and okay, well, hold probably on. give you a, a, a title, too. Maybe you shouldn't uh, promise more things that you can't keep, because <laughs> last time you did that, oh, actually, we can't do that, so I was lying. <laughs> Those were Nero's words. Well, I... 2016. We're, we're going we're gonna to see, because we, we definitely want something exciting to announce out at our FanFest after party. Party, which, by the way, you can come to if you want. You're all invited. Come party with the LBR crew. We're going to have everyone there. Everyone from LBR is going to be there. Anyone even loosely affiliated with Limit Break Radio. Except Skirl. Like, like Escalia is going to be there. <laughs> hey. <Aww>. Loosely affiliated. <laughs> we love Jeez. I, I would also like to actually offer uh, up a, a contest. For anyone, anyone who shows up, we're going to have a contest, okay? This has not been cleared through anyone else. (laughs) This is the first any of us are hearing of this. this. If this is Kahlo's wet t-shirt contest, (laughs) we have not. No, no, it's nothing like that. It's nothing like that, okay? I will buy a free dinner for anyone who can get Ascalia's phone and change his Pokemon Go team to Instinct. You can't change teams. Oh, yeah, you can. One time. 
Like, I don't think you can. One time. You can time. change your name one you can time. One time. No, no, you can't change you your can't. team. You can't. I cannot won. change your team. All right. Who would like to make a bet? <laughs> yeah, I don't feel confident enough. Micah, would you better. like to make a bet? How much guild do you have on you? Not as much as you do. Okay, well, how much? Go all in. Yeah, Nika, you could double up right now. Yeah, you want to go all in? Depends. Do you know they're going to uh, launch it before FanFest? That's what I want to know. It's already launched. That's why it's, I'm going to win this bet. No, name is launched. Team is not launched. Is that a yes? No, if you're, if you're wrong, wrong if you're, I'm, if you're, I'm if opening my game to check because yeah, I, if you're I, wrong, I you got to change to instinct. Oh, there you go. I like that. If you're wrong, Whoa. you have to I'm change to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I'm looking right now. Shameful. Anyway, join us at the LBR after party. Uh, it's going to be uh, over at the Rock House, uh, which is not far from the Paris. It's actually very, very close uh, to where uh, FanFest is. There's going to be a 5 to $10 uh, cover charge. Uh, there's a $40 open bar package, uh, which you can uh, you know just pay 40 bucks and you get open bar all night. And uh, there's uh, bottle service for... For those interested, uh, we'll have uh, more information over at our website, LimitBreakRadio.com, as well as uh, we've got a Facebook event going for that. So uh, make sure that you look for the official LBR After Party Facebook event for mo- all the details about the official LBR After Party. We're going to be celebrating 10 years of podcasting out there uh, and uh, hopefully making some exciting announcements. But uh, we invite you guys to come party, come drink. Uh, we're going to be hanging out. We've got a couple of TVs that'll have, uh, you know, it, it, I'm not sure what, what we're going to put on them. I think probably some Twitch streams. Uh, we'll see who's uh, maybe who's streaming in the FF14 community. And uh, it's just going to be a really awesome time. A couple of arcade, uh, arcade cabs there and stuff. So uh, come party with Limit Break Radio. That's over at the Rock House in Las Vegas. That's going to be on Friday night. So, uh, again, more details over at LimitBreakRadio.com. So make sure that if you want to get bottle service, that uh, you uh, you know you contact the Rock House and uh, and let them know. Uh, so uh, ten dollars. There's also ten percent off food. There's also, there's food there too. So uh, if, food. come hungry. Uh, anyway, join us. So, break radio. Ten percent off food. All right. <laughs> uh, more info on them over at therockhousebar.com. Uh, it's going to be a fun time, so uh, come hang out with us. Also, uh, Alamo City Comic Con. We are supported by Alamo City Comic Con. That's coming up October 28th through the 30th over at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center in San Antonio, Texas. Guys, I'm going to be out there as well making some exciting announcements. Uh, I hope you'll uh, stay tuned to Limit Break Radio. If you can't be out there, because we'll be uh, sharing those uh, announcements over on uh, on the website. But uh, and th- I- These exciting announcements are are different from the exciting announcements it we is. hope to be making. <laughs> and, uh, There's so a lot of exciting announcements. announcements. They're there all is. coming up. Like, we've been had we've had to sit quietly and keep our mouths shut for a long time, which yeah. is hard for Escalia to do. Let me tell you, I, I don't keep my mouth shut very well. Uh, so if you're gonna be <laughs> really? out, if you're gonna be out in the area. Uh, make sure that uh, me, I know all about following <laughs> <laughs> weeks in the making weeks Wait, was in that the an Escalia German voice drop that, that sure was, was. 
Brett Sturmas. I was going to say, that actually sounded a lot like him. Yeah. Believe me, I know all about swallowing. Oh, <laughs> ach, mein Gott. Where did you get that drop? He's been waiting to use that I, for a while. I know. I've yep. been waiting to hear it. For a while. Anyway, uh, yeah, join us out at Alamo City Comic Con. It's going to be awesome. I'm curious what you guys are planning to do for a show that weekend. Crickets. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure you're it out. Gonna, I think you're going to be gone. That's the no, weekend. On the, on the 30th? That's the weekend after Fan uh, Fest. Fan no, Fest. the weekend after Fan Fest is the 23rd. You said you're going to be gone until the 30th. Yeah, I'll be back on the 30th. Oh, thank goodness. We'll have at least some people. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going to have to friend fest. That's two weeks after. All right, because I was going to say, if it's down to just these two chuckle fucks to make a show. <laughs> Girl, I'll be there. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? The juxta and Scali extravaganza? Oh, boy. I can't. I Special can't. guest girl. I, 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 <laughs> I would never leave a show to this uh, also, it's the, the Juxtalia Radio Spectacular. It's going to be great. Also, make sure that you join us for Extra Life November 5th. Nika uh, has officially made the Extra Life team. You can go join that at extra-life.org slash team slash Limit Break Radio. Uh, so, Nika, uh, do you have any uh, solidified plans yet? So, No, I'm just so mad that every Extra Life decides that like whatever game i was planning on playing they push it till after extra life like last year the patch for 14 was the like two days after extra life this year 15 has been moved to after extra life so i don't know yet yeah okay (laughs) every single year this happens to me well extra life is november 5th make sure that you join the limit break radio team uh it it always falls at a really difficult spot in the year because this is like our convention season uh and like it really is difficult to manage all of these different things like i have to say i'm really like for the last couple of weeks i've been really overwhelmed i'm really lucky that i've been able to log on and play any of 3.4 in the last couple of weeks with uh the amount of work that i've been doing and then on top of that this past week my media drive failed that has all 15 years of an archives worth of my radio and podcasting work called it including uh all of the limit break radio archives and it's not like i don't have a backup of the hard drive it just i haven't done a backup in probably about 10 months so it's been a while and uh we definitely did lose some data it was a mechanical failure you could we got the click of death going on and it's just, uh, it's not good. Oh, a mechanical failure on LBR equipment? Do tell. What a breaking story. <laughs> but it's the hard drive itself, though, which, you know, like, that is just really, really heartbreaking. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm figuring out the next step in uh, trying to recover the data, if we even want to recover the data. Um, you know, it, it is definitely something that I would like to have, but if there is an, a, you know, exorbitant cost in involved then i i don't think i'm gonna bother but man that was uh that was a tough part this week plus you know logging something like 60 hours uh at work this week it's been uh it's been a long week plus we saw the release of 3.4 which has kept everyone in the ff14 community very busy and we're getting psyched up and prepared and planned for uh for fan fest so it's like we've got all of these it's like you know, 11 days away yeah it, it's 
Oh my god, don't remind me. I have to finish my costume. I can't. Ah. It still hasn't really sunk in yet. Really? How has it not sunk in? I'm freaking out. I don't know. It'll sink in like the day before when I'm like, oh, I have to pack, don't I? <laughs> nah, don't worry I, about I it. I would think of, I would think about packing a little bit more, you know, more thoroughly than that because uh, I mean, I, you know, we've got to get gear out there, and I mean, it's just it's going to be a whole thing. By the way, if you're flying Spirit, man, they're great. You get to pay for everything. Yeah, <laughs> you get to, you get to pay to reserve your seat. You get to pay for <laughs> yep. your bags. Yep. Like, oh my god it's like a hundred extra dollars to do all this shit so uh anyway we are super looking forward to meeting all of you out at fan fest uh we hope that you will try to track us down and find us of course we'll have uh you know we'll be in our limit break radio t-shirts uh as well as you know you look for the guys that have headphones and and microphones that's usually a pretty dead giveaway uh but we'll also of course be doing our uh our floor wrap up every night uh not sure where we do that we usually have to coordinate with with uh, the hotel when we get there uh so we'll have more information about that watch our social media uh to get uh to to get all of the the scoops on where exactly we're going to be recording our uh, our wrap-ups and uh join us live we'll have a uh we'll have a mic that will uh, be out in the crowd uh you know we're going to want to talk to you we're going to want to hear from you about what your reactions to all of the exciting announcements out at fan fest are going to be so, uh, yeah, again, FanFest is just a, a, a huge deal in our community. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited to be, uh, you know, getting, getting the opportunity to hang out with our fans. That's something that we don't get that often. And we really relish the opportunity when we do get it. So uh, we're and, and to be able to go out to FanFest with such a big crew this year. I mean, we're going out with. Uh, I mean, just under a Full dozen crew. people. Yeah, like every yeah. Every. I, I mean, and, and it's. I mean, it's, well, it is a dozen. It, it's Papa's going too. Yeah, Papa's going, and uh, and his uh, his significant other, as well as I mean, everyone's you know various significant others are going, and I mean, it's just it's going to be a good time. I, if nobody showed up to the after party, we've got like fifteen people among ourselves that would be able to just form a party. Only a Nero shows up. <laughs> 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 the rest of you guys snub me, <laughs> oh. uh, but uh, but seriously, we're uh, we're super excited and uh, and can't wait to uh, to to meet a lot of you. We've met so many of you at years past, and uh, if you're you know if this is your first time out at FanFest, if you've never met us before, if this is your first time, definitely make sure that you find us. We want to hear from you. So uh, just like we want to hear from you on today's show, so we're going to be talking all about three point four our reactions to it and of course we want to get your reactions to it we've had hands on for now just under a week for 3.4 and uh, if you want to chime in Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord if you'd like to join us uh, over on Discord. But first, let's check out what's going on in FF14 News. This is a Limit Breaking News update. Alrighty, let's see. What do we have going on here in the news? Some new optional items are available in the cash shop. I want new mandatory items in the cash shop. (laughs) (laughs) Relic items. Uh, We've got the uh, Far Eastern Garb for men, uh, Far Eastern Garb for women. uh, What's the price on that? I think a lot. I, I think you were telling me before the show. 
It doesn't, you know, the prices on all of these things are, are, are you know, suspiciously uh, kept off of the news announcement. <laughs> that Eastern garb is $18. Whoa! You get a hairstyle? I, I don't know. It's dyeable, if that. Is it I-250? Is it $18 and you can get both of them? Or is it literally just 18 for the women and 18 for the men? I think it's per, per outfit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. The uh, Dome and Barding is now also available. The Eastern Greeting emote uh, and uh, pots of dark red, uh, 10 dark red and dark brown and 10 dark brown uh, dye are available why is the all cash this shop. stuff in the cash shop? Like, usually, I feel like with stuff like this, they add it to an event and then add it to the cash shop. Well, I feel like Eastern stuff seems like it would go with the story, so why don't we get that in an event or something? Well, it's uh, brown this, dye. I believe the reason is this is that uh, the the items from the China, uh, the specific China. Oh, is that uh, what it is? Yeah, so that's why it's only in the cash shop and for oh, uh, tons of money. Okay. Never mind. I get that. That makes I, sense. I, it, it's justifiable that it's in the cash shop. I don't think that the price point is justifiable. That is a little bit much. I don't even think it looks that good, Skuro, especially the men. Skuro said that if he was still a female character, he'd buy it. Get the fuck of out. Of course he would. Anyway, uh, the FanFest uh, live stream for Las Vegas is available for purchase. Oh, we gotta get that. The price is twenty nine ninety nine. You'll get uh, HD, well, we want re- the emote. HD resolution, all main stage content, including fun shows, including opening... Little Break Radio! Uh, no. Uh, opening keynote uh, by producer uh, Yoshi P. Development and lore panels by members of the development team. Piano concert featuring Susan Calloway on Friday night. And the Primals concert on Saturday night. So, oh my gosh, so two concerts. Oh two concerts! Oh my god. That's going to be awesome. Oh my god. That's exciting. Uh, You also get uh, stream segments with various special guests, a stream item code for the FanFest 2016 Las Vegas Vegas exclusive wind-up Riku Minion, and your choice of either uh, Abbas Attire or High Summoner. Abe's Attire. Abe's. Oh, yeah. Of the Xanarchy. Oh, I see it. Uh, I don't think it's a choice. It's whatever gender your character is, right? Uh, Access to archived footage until uh, August 31st. First, 2017, and uh, uh, hosted on the official FanFest 2016 at Las Vegas live stream site. So if you want that, again, $29.99, you can pick that up. Uh, more information is available over at the Lodestone. So, yeah, if you're one of those uh, unfortunate souls that didn't get a ticket out to FanFest uh, or, uh, you know, wasn't able to uh, purchase, now, now you can spend $30 or, okay, now hold to on. watch it. Hold on. Now. Which is way less than the ticket price. Uh, we're going to FanFest. Is it? Are we going to get the the Titus outfit? I think we are, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, like okay. how last year we got the Moogle outfit. I kind of feel like... Uh, but maybe, but you know, go what to- if you're part of a podcast that mysteriously has its tickets not be there when you get there because SE hates you and you need to pick it up? You know? Maybe we need it. I'm just uh, saying, we should be prepared for that eventuality. I feel like people who actually go to FanFest should get a unique item that nobody else gets. Well, right? we get physical t-shirts. There you go. In the game? <laughs> no, physical. No, no, no. And actually, I really physical I T-shirts in the game. <laughs> yeah. I actually, okay. I actually thought last year that. All right. <laughs> I'm just sorry. <laughs> no, actually, broken. wouldn't it be cool if your character could wear like the last year we got those shirts that said Warrior of Light on the back? How cool would it be if our character no, could wear that? I want my character in an I beat Odin T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think it's getting a little too meta for a Nero guy. <laughs> no, la- last year I actually thought the Moogle outfit was only for people who went to FanFest and then when I found out it wasn't, I was actually very sad. Yeah, so. I actually got a Moogle outfit because I think someone had must have bought the live thing as well because they gave me their Moogle outfit. Yeah, that yeah, and that'll happen. Uh, well, I'm glad that last year we could get all the items through the the Twitch thing, but now that I'm going, <laughs> I want there to be exclusive rewards. <laughs> oh, the, of course, the rewards is the experience, Juxta. And the oh, physical I get experience? Side. Do I like get a free level sixty? <laughs> yeah, a, a jump potion. Yeah, jump the jump potion. Oh, all right. Oh, uh, also, announcements for uh, for the live letter, uh, the producer live letter from Las Vegas uh, has been announced. The long-awaited Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival 2016 is set to begin on, in October on the weekend of the 14th. And producer and director Naoki Yoshida will be streaming a special letter from the producer live from our first venue in Las Vegas. So uh, they're going to be answering questions Submitted from uh, from the crowds, I guess, or I, I mean, from from fan fest attendees. I think. Ooh, so we can ask questions. All right, we we'll all be have, there to ask questions. We all have to get a Mister Happy T shirt and wear it for that, so that there's a chance they'll call on us. Because if we're in the LBR shirts, not no, getting called. Or if we're wearing PVP shirts, because you know Yoshi actually wore one Joe's shirt. Mm, that works too. Just not an Should LBR shirt. Joe's shirts. I think that we should try and get them to tell us who originally pitched the very first idea for Lords of Verminion and then crucify them. <laughs> I mean, we... Whoa, Escalia! That we, have, we have good questions. That we have good ideas. That's a little All far. of us are going to be there. We have to spread out so we're not clumped together in one spot so they're more likely to call on us and just ask those questions. Oh, yeah, no, totally. But I mean, like, I mean, uh, there's got to be good questions. You know, like, what are some of our brilliant, insightful questions that... Uh, I can just see it now coming up. Uh, yeah, y- y- your question. Hi, I'm Nika from Limerick. Next uh, question right over here. <laughs> Straight up would be like, yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't think you'd actually call on me. So hey, there's a debate between my friends and I about how to pronounce macaque. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you clearly tell us how to pronounce macaque? As in the weeping city of macaque. Macaque. <laughs> oh, guys, how quickly can we get thrown out? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, I have a question. Why is it called the dueling circle if it's actually a square? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can see that one being asked though. Uh, I mean, you you rationalized it in the gold saucer. I mean, that makes sense. I'm not asking about that, but the <laughs> the dueling circle in the wolves' den. There's there's there, there's no lore justification for why it's a circle titled <laughs> circle, but it's actually a square. Can you please respond? Also, I like grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Add it to the game. We need to get we need to get him called on. <laughs> I don't know how. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> when can we get Mithra butts back, please? I just want. Oh my God, we need a petition for getting the Mithra butts oh re-enlarged. Every, everyone's butts. No, every no, butt is no, flat. no. Butt Girls slider. Girls and guys. Mithra butts matter. A, no, we need a butt slider. That's yeah. what I just said. Out of butt the slider. out of the things. Oh, that apparently, this game the, the, they want a bulge slider now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm down for that. Bullet slider and butt slider. Let's petition it. Equal opportunity here. Yes, I'm all absolutely. For it. Oh God. Give the chick something to stare at too. <laughs> Is that you. necessary? A yes. bullet slider? Hell yeah. If Is you get it? a butt slider, we oh. we need a junk slider. That's what needs to be called. <laughs> junk, junk slider. Junk slider. <laughs> 
It sounds like Juxta's alt. I, I, I think I just I like I like how I like how Nika is petitioning for it. I understand that femros also have penises, but I mean it's I, like it's just a surprising no, my, feature. I had a sexy butt as my elf chick in 1.0, and then all butts were removed, and I was very sad. You guys ever find it funny that Galka had no genitals, and both sexes have? <laughs> They're trying all, to make they up they for it. Penis. Yeah, yeah, that's and right. And you do share how you know this. Well, it's his penis, please. and he can do whatever he wants. Have you seen a Galka wear Sabalgar? They have, have, you, have no genitalia. Have you seen genitalia. a Femro's penis? Oh. I first hand experience. He did have his RP flag up the other day. <laughs> <laughs> have you not? I mean I mean I I don't have one. Maybe she, she maybe tries mine not to look fell down. off at birth. I I don't know. CXC says dicks out from Winbrito. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that's a va- that's, that's a, va- a great that's one, a valid Kyle. that's a valid question. Why why did uh, why did Rogadins get uh, just get one set of genitals? I don't understand. Speaking of Moonbrita, did was anybody else a little disturbed by the description for her little minion? Yes. yes. Oh my oh god. Oh. Why is it sticky? Oh. Is that sarcasm? I don't ever remember Moonbrita having a distinctly surprised O circle Here, mouth me, at any point. Let me read it for you. Let me it's read just, it for you. Nika's going to read it for us. Oh, good. You. Yeah, sure. Please the do. The anatomically accurate representation oh. of Moonbrita was secretly crafted by none other than Yuri Anjay oh. immediately following the untimely passing of his beloved companion. What he did with it before it passed to your hands is a tale best left untold. So it's oh a, my it's, God. It's a Moonbrita real doll. <laughs> Is what yeah. it is. It's anatomically accurate. Except it's tiny. <laughs> yeah, it's a Moonbrita. The, the thing that goes in your hand. That was that. That Pop was a Moonbrita fleshlight. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god. That was uh, that was the reason that Yuri Anjay would never actually like get down and dirty with Moonbrita is that she wasn't a Taru. And now or we know Lollafell. why we know why he stayed back. The Waking Stands instead of coming to the Rising Stones. He needs his privacy. That's oh, right. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> that is the actual in-game description and is really. Really cool. Yeah, I just opened my minion menu and read that. Really so up in my mouth a little bit. That had to be squarely on the translation team. There's no way the JP version is anything like that, Ooh. right? All right, first maybe. Qu- first question. Stand up. Just be like the description for Moonbrita wind up. Yeah, what happened? Really? There? Who was that on? Really? Cody Fox. Cody just. <laughs> Koji slumps down. Koji no, starts Koji like, would put his hand up and be like, all here. Boom. He starts this giggling guy. as everybody else just looks towards him. <laughs> it is, uh, oh, that is just dark. <laughs> anyway. This single minion asks, answered so many questions that no one asked. Anyway, so get get your uh, get your questions ready uh, for FanFest. Uh, I'm, I'm... Oh, that's what we were talking about? Where are my goddamn peaches? <laughs> Where are my goddamn peaches? What does that mean? I have no idea. No, people kept asking for different fruits in the game. Peaches is, an, is one uh, that people asked. Okay. I, that's that, their question. That was a callback that I didn't immediately uh, remember. We By need- the way, everyone, make sure that your questions are good because we will be there live to boo you if you ask bad questions. <laughs> oh, we should do that. Oh, absolutely. We LBR fans everywhere. If there's a bad question asked, just boo it. Boo. Shut up! Is there something we can get to throw at people? When are we getting Summoner Eggy Glamour? Shut up! (laughs) 
Good practice, guys. Maybe we need. Maybe we need to have just like uh, not necessarily a boo, but just like a secret phrase that everyone immediately yells <laughs> if a bad question is asked. I like this. What's the phrase though? Uh rump cock. Rump cock. We could do rump cock, but that's like an LBR thing. I feel like yeah, we need like is. we need like an FF fourteen thing we can spread so everybody else can get in on it too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It is because I, I, I am we, so sick of yeah. The we shit really we, we need something that really lets people know that they suck. Like, see, swallow all. <laughs> that was that was a bit out of the way mm, because no. swallowing, sucking, and, and also yeah, maelstrom no. sucks. No, Escalia likes to swallow. <laughs> really, we're gonna. <laughs> Go all the way back there. I can go all the way Apparently back. Apparently, so one. does Marina Winterfell, who is sitting right in the shower on the, on the end of our stage. That explains so much now that I know who it is. Yeah, mm, yeah. Shame yeah. on you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, get your questions ready. Uh, if you uh, if you can if you can think of uh, of, of a good uh, phrase that that Kyle is trying to think of, we just need to get a rump cock chant started at some point. Rump cock. There has to be a chant for it. <laughs> Uh, I, I liked I liked the one year that we tried to. Uh, I mean, we actually heard people chanting "Yo Sheep," which Yo Sheep. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yo Sheep definitely came from us. You know, Yo Sheep we didn't come up with, but Yo Sheep definitely Did came. It? From. Oh, can we? Chant, oh, can for we, sure, the Yo Sheep. Yes. If someone asks a terrible question, can we chant "Get good at them"? Uh, Does get good work? I don't know. I think that's that's a little on the nose. That's a little on the nose. Anyway, uh, so with this past week, we saw the the release of patch three point four, and uh, boy, this seems to be uh, a pretty exciting patch. At least in in terms of what I've been hearing uh, from uh, from you know people who have just been playing a bunch, uh, it seems to have uh, injected a lot of enthusiasm uh, back into the game. A lot of people have been logging on, and we want to hear from you. Uh, we're going to be talking all about Patch three point four today, and uh, we want to encourage you to give us a call. Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven. One five limitbreakradio.com slash discord. Uh, we're gonna talk all about the MSQ and the story. And, and we're no, we're no, gonna uh-uh. no, we're gonna try to as we normally do about one week out. We're gonna just try to be reacting to the content uh, and try to keep this in general spoiler free. Uh-huh. Um, we'll normally talk spoilers next week when Nika's not here. Yeah, basically that's, that's no. why we're pushing it back. Okay, no, we normally usually, no, we there's wait. so many people. We usually wait longer than that. We usually yeah, we usually wait a couple of weeks to do a story episode, but that would fall on the FanFest show. Um so I feel like so I keep RMT reporting this chuckle cut named Descalio and they aren't banned yet. <laughs> what gives Yoshi this? <laughs> okay. Wow. This chuckle cock. I've gotten reported for a lot of things, but not usually RMT. That's, yeah, that's a new one. <laughs> Wait, if you like ERP with someone for real money, is that RMT? I don't think so. Oh, then yeah, you shouldn't report me. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I feel like this discussion needs to be caveated with light Spoilers, Like, we can't keep it completely spoiler-free because there are some potential hints about what they could reveal or talk about at FanFest. And if we wait until after FanFest, boy, that discussion becomes pointless. What about if we talk about it at FanFest? You know, We're going to be talking about 
FanFest stuff at FanFest. Yeah, there's going to be stuff. no shortage of stuff to talk about at FanFest, believe me. So, FanFest stuff. So, while we're not going to get super into the weeds on the specifics of the story, because that could be an entire discussion unto itself, we'd like to encourage all of our callers to, yeah, if you want to talk some spoilers, that's fine, but... The audience has got to know this is caveated. There, there are some light. There could be light spoilers, but don't go super into uh, into the weeds on like the the story stuff. We're gonna save that for its own episode. We're gonna get you know we're gonna get uh, uh, Ethis on, and we'll talk uh, you know we'll t- we'll talk all about uh, story and lore because there are some big lore implications so from much. this patch. So that being said, let's talk about 3.4 let's start off with just general story reactions spoilers Sultana kills Dumbledore because I think this is the first question that everyone has a lot of people come to the stream Uh, you know I was streaming yesterday and on Tuesday uh, a lot of people come and ask you know what what's your general feelings about it what's your overall feelings about uh, you know the story and and the content uh, we'll start with you, Kahlo. <clears throat> well, uh, firstly, I should say that I unfortunately didn't get to finish all of it, but I got near the what? end of it. Um, what? How are you not time? I, I barely, I played this week like twice and I managed to finish the story. Okay, did I you do me too. other content though? No. Yeah, I've done, I've done Sophia and all Alexander Normals. Okay, well, I've done other stuff. Like do squadron. Do your job! Uh, oh, I forgot to check my squadron. Like I squadron, did that. that takes like two seconds. I have a full squad. Why? I have ephemeral on my squad. I know, me too. I'm trying to get rid of her. I haven't sent her out on any missions. She's just been sitting back in the corner by herself. No one goes over there. Once I get get eight people, every time I get a a ephemeral, I just boot someone else off. We'll see how that works. Uh, Okay, so story-wise, I'm actually really into it. There's a particular identity that is revealed that, that, that when I kind of realized it, I thought... You dummy, you should have seen that coming a mile away. <laughs> so, um, the only thing that I felt kind of eh yeah, about, and I think this, uh, Aniro, um, when we were sw- swapping the stream the one day, you're like, oh, that was kind of overwhelming. I think it was the same place that you were after the, uh, after Zelfatal. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I understand how that fits in to the story and everything, but I just felt like it was so dry and cliche and was just like, like, you could have done something a little bit different with it and still got the point across, you know? Okay, all right. Um, like, there should have been a little bit more of a conflict there, even even if it was like, you know, someone shows up and, you know, we escape or something like that. It should have just been more than what it was. It was so boring. Uh, okay, well, I mean, you're only about halfway through the MSQ. Uh, so uh, how about the, you know, the, the battle content that you uh, ended up interacting with? Um, I actually really enjoyed both dungeons the first run through okay i think that they need to be more difficult i think that the i agree the mechanics especially some of the ones that we see in the google library yeah are really really fun being able to actually see like the demon outside of the wall or the book so cool like that that's what he looked that's what he would have looked like in final fantasy 7 yeah 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 actually back in the book (laughs) 
yeah, kind of terrifying looking. Someone's like, wow, that is a bad weave day right there. Actually, can I just, I, this is a question I'm going to ask at FanFest is who the fuck thought we needed an A3 Gordius 2.0 in Kubel Library because I want to smack that person. How many nightmares do people already have from Alexander Gordius 3 that they needed to put it in Google Library? Wait. The the flame the, the flame, flame of fire yeah. it was identical mechanics oh, to the water one from A three <laughs> lols yeah lols. that was a bit lazy I'm like who who thought we needed to be traumatized all over again yeah are you even trying uh, okay I, they changed it a little bit there was a little coin mechanic and then you don't get linked to someone you get linked to the thing I don't know I it it, it, it was more or less the same thing it was, it was a remix yeah it it was I mean I, don't I, know, do, I do think it was cool that it was fiery though. how how about the fact that the last time that they did stuff like when they put dive bombs uh, in dungeons, you guys are like, oh, this is really good. It's getting people who might not raid, you know, to, 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 to learn the mechanics a little bit better. But the thing is, is, everyone did Alex Normal. And right. now they do it, and Nika's like, no, no, it's because first of all, well, people have already done it in Alex Normal. Secondly, is that yeah. that was the one that everybody was traumatized and broke their groups over. So why did we need okay, to be reminded? Okay, so are we not going to complain that the last boss has a mechanic from freaking Circus Tower in it? Which one? Or Tower of the Ancients? Which mechanic? The fucking um, behemoth. Oh, I thought oh that was you mean hiding behind the boulder line of sighting? It's, That's it. But literally, it's uh, the behemoth and the boulders and meteors. No, I. I but I there's mean, a couple I, times look. where he summons at the same time as another thing. So if you're not fast enough, you won't make it. I thought it was it was a lot more no, going on, and I thought it was harder. No raid group ever broke up over not being able to take down Behemoth and Circus Tower. Right, Although, you did, couldn't take down Behemoth and Circus Tower. You so should. So she's break. just being butthurt no. over the fact that it's reminding her of her group. Yes, not I'm being saying able who needed to traumatize it. every single raid group that broke up over A3? They know. They know that <laughs> maybe it's their way of saying get good. This is A3. Maybe it's the don't care. Maybe they were saying, hate. hey, now you can finally beat that fight. Here you Nika, go. Nika, it is becoming infinitely harder to defend you as you continue to talk, but <laughs> I think I think that she did hit on a good point in there, in that, look, I, I, you know, we did get Alex normal, so everyone has already interacted with that. To your point, when they had put dive bombs as a mechanic into dungeons, that was a little bit different because that was something that was held back from a certain, uh, you know, a, a a certain portion of the community that they were dumbing down, making a little bit more ubiquitous for people to learn outside of raids. Mm -hmm. That's why I think that was that was significant where this is a little bit more of a copy paste job and comes off as a little bit lazier. When was the last time that we got statistics to show the correlation between people who've completed uh, raid story mode? Have we ever got that kind of stat? I don't think we've ever been given that stat. No, not in the last census. I don't know. I don't. Has there ever been? There have been unofficial censuses, right. but yeah, I don't know I'd that actually, there's ever been an official. I'd actually be interested to know because if it's lower than what we think it is, maybe their reasoning is, you know, this kind of thing going forward could be to help sort of show people, look, if you can do that fight in Google, then you can do this fight here, you know? Well, if there's anything that SE's known for, it's transparency with their numbers. The only other thing that I'm going to say as far as battle mechanics and, and the battle content goes that I would like to see is more variation in the battle arena terrain. My favorite fight is actually the first boss from Zelfatol, the guy who's like in the hot air balloon. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And I, I mean, obviously, none of the, the mechanics are really super, you know, it's original fun, or anything. But it is fun. And right. I think if they would have put you into it, like an arena that had like multiple like tiers and platforms, uh, think of um, when we fought Rage Valgur, right? Yeah. We had all those platforms at differing heights and like, you know, the little wind buffs that would bounce you up to different places and you had to run to like destroy the air stones or maybe 
WWE after you destroyed an air there zone, was something, it would jump you up. There was something similar to that in 1.0 in the uh, Van Darnus fight where you had meteors that were that would come down and you would have to uh, kill them before they reach the ground or else they would be a raid wide wipe. And uh, the the way that you had to do that, there was like a, a, a set of stairs and there was a second level to the environment mm-hmm. where you had to like stand on those stairs to be able to target the meteors. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like they could they could very easily do a little bit more with uh, the environment. Yeah, see, there. We, we've given lots of praise to the Rachel Gore fight and to Ozma because you're kind of getting out of that idea of like a circle room. But I still think the dev team is thinking two dimensional. Sure. They need to start, you know, widening their horizon and looking at the box. Sure. Limit their dimensions because they're two dimensional. <laughs> oh! <laughs> wow. Nika. <laughs> Nika, what have. Uh, so, all right, we've, we've gotten through Kahlo, who hasn't really gotten to the meat of, I think, even the narrative well, that the is. The fight that in I want to talk about might be spoilery. Um, okay. Uh, like the fight against the people that everyone wants to fight against, right? The yeah. duty, yeah. The the <laughs> the one original duty that that they have attached to the MSQ. Yes, I thought that that was actually a lot of fun. It was like, pretty it was, well It was definitely done. easy. Like you can't really lose, but like it, the mechanics of it, and like every time they would invoke a power, I would scream bullshit, and I was like, I don't know. It was fun. Real quick, fun how was that any different? From the uh, the the PvP battle that we had earlier in this patch, I mean, functionally, it felt, it felt more like act, like the, how fighting against. Um, no, you're right. Melee? You're right. No, 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 no. It felt more like yeah, the, the actual one versus one against what's his face Raubon more than the actual like big feast. Fight. I I will grant and you everybody that. liked fighting against Raubon. It was kind of the same. I will grant you that, but structurally, it's identical. I think the only thing that makes something of that exciting is the the fan service idea. I mean, it's, it's the same thing, you know, when we... Uh, I forget which patch it was, but when we actually got to fight through um, with, like, Emmerich and Thancred and Yashtola, and we were fighting through the... Oh, that vault? was the, the last Warrior yeah. Triad. Yeah. Uh, we have, when we're fighting through the vault, like... Yeah. Oh, you're, you're oh, running that through one, someplace yeah. that you've been before a million times leveling. Sure. But because you're with these characters, there's just something else about it that just gets you like so yeah. hyped and like worked out. That's why I like the last warring triad. Yeah. Go the research facility. The it's- the the first time that I got to fight with Yishtola, and this is actually when you're still just leveling up, I think. And like she uses like a limit break or whatever during that goblin fight. Like I was like losing my mind because right. I'm like, oh, my God, she's limit breaking. Ah! See, that's actually something that I wish that, you know, back in 11, like the Chains of Promathia final fight, you had an entire party of player characters and then you also had the NPCs with you. I and know. So honestly, what I was hoping with the end of... um Gosh, like even Alexander or the end of anything that you would have those characters with you, but you don't. There, it does seem, feel like when you they have that huge had fight happen, with- and then immediately after the fight is over, the characters all show up and say, "Oh, good job!" And you're just like, "Where were you guys?" That was around what, front. What's your convenient your convenient story excuse for not being here during this major life changing moment? There was exactly. there was, there was a lot men. of times during the MSQ where I thought that I was going to get to have like Alice or Elfinod with me, and then they're like, "Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and take this back to Sid. Good luck." Like the, I, no, here it was. It was the fight against um, House. One of the primals you had Titan. to fight again. Yeah, it, it, I think, I think <laughs> it was Titan. He's well, like, I'm going to take these it crystals back. I'll, and they're I'll like, meet you oh, there. And we were all standing there ready to fight. They're like, okay, I'm going to take this. Um, you might die, but I don't think you will because you're the warrior of light. Um, see you later. 
And I was like, to be like, fair, help me, you asshole. To be fair, we've been wrecking primals for like four years now. It's pretty trivial for us. I We're not playing primals he, anymore. So but like, he didn't know exactly what was going to go on. And I just feel like that in 11, it was such a big deal to keep the NBCs alive and they would help you and they could make the fights harder because the NBCs would have overpowered moves as well. Like, Prish would have 100 Fist and Benediction. So you can make things a little bit harder because the characters you're playing with are pretty strong. And I feel like that that... I feel like that is something that is missing in not just terms of emergent, but in terms of a mechanic that I think a lot of us would like to see. Okay, but isn't like, uh, can't Alphano and company get tempered by the primals? Yes. Primal-wise, that is true. If you don't have the Echo, you're going to be uh, uh But guess who tempered. does have the Echo? Cryo. Well, Cryo she, wasn't there. She's not there. a combat person. Not, there, not, there, not during that part. But she could help us with other shit. But that's what I mean by like convenient story excuse for you to be in there alone. And like Ysail also had the echo and she wouldn't ever fight the the stuff with us either. You know, Kyle, it's a scholar. She's not like a, well, not a real scholar. She's like a smart person who doesn't fight people. <laughs> Why can't they just be honest like Thancred? The first time we fight Ifrit, he's like, I'm sorry, guys. I wasn't here. <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> this sure fair enough. Thancred. If, he just, if he just goes out like, this one's on me. My bad. <laughs> I just I, look. It it doesn't it doesn't seem structurally any different from from the PvP battle earlier because you've got you know it's basically you against a team of okay. Well, let me tell you this. Okay, okay. the us. reason I disliked the PvP battle was not because it was the structure of it or the fight of it. It was that we were literally in the midst of like horribly destroying the world and we're going to stop and have a friendly fire Oh, no, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Is, I actually really enjoyed the PB panel. I thought it was fun. And that's why this one actually made sense in terms of the story. So I was okay with it. No, I'm not. I, I'm not saying it is a complaint. I'm just. I, it's an observation. That they're lazy. It's an observation that it's they're lazy it's development again. Structurally, exactly the same. Yeah, reusing Alexander bosses in library and then reusing fight mechanics. Look, it's not the worst. Look, that's it, it's not the worst thing to build a game modularly so that you can take elements from one part of it and use it in another part. It's actually very smart and saves on a lot of development time. And the more that you can hide that structure behind story and presentation the better that that serves you at the end of the day i'm just i'm just identifying the pattern here i'm not saying that it's good or bad it was a little bit different like in the pvp match you like people that had tethers you had to destroy to get more points you'd kill them first and that kind of stuff like this was just literally like a pvp match I don't think it was necessarily the same. Yeah, but you, you at the at the end you had uh, you know you had one character that was building a limit break, and uh, there was I, I felt like there was a uh, there was something that was similar in the the Raubon fight. In the Raubon fight, I think he's preparing. Yeah, a he's but you don't have to like turn like every so often you have to like kill people, and then as you're building your ether, you go back and like give it to whoever. Right. Like, right. That wasn't really. Yeah, no, that's I that new. Was, that, I mean, it was a slight variation, but I'm just. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I feel like it just felt more like a regular PvP battle with a little bit extra change rather than the the match from previous storyline. And it speaks to the value of storytelling. That felt much more impressive and fun because there was weight behind the moment. Whereas like, sure, in the yeah. melee, you're like, they're like, it's really imperative that we win for our morale, and it's like. Sure. Yeah. But if we lose, we all go home at the end of the day. Uh, Nika, outside of the uh, the battle, what what were your general reactions to uh, to the story? My reactions were: I thought some of it was. It's like I really liked it, and at the end, I was thinking, I don't know how I should feel right now, um, because I feel like some of it, it. Well, it was good. I feel like it was kind of sudden, and that okay. that's fair. I feel like. 
I don't know. I definitely think we're going to El Amigo. I'll just throw that out there. But um, uh, probably <laughs> yes. Nico. Like we've been predicting wow. that for years, and I think this this I feel like this patch has solidified that. You don't say. Here here's here's what I uh, I don't know. Like I liked it, but I felt like it could have been more heartstring pulley. I, I I sort of agree, but at the same time, like I feel like a couple of big things happened in a narrative sense in this patch. We had said, you know, on on previous shows, look, there needs to be some definite, de- like definitive resolution in yep. some of these plot threads. And that's what we got. We actually I think we 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 have now closed most of the plot threads from 1.0. And that I think is fairly significant. I think that that is very significant because that I, I think that I think that's Yoshi P's way of putting the whole thing to bed. And now we move forward. Right. Heaven's word wasn't even a move forward for the game because we were really going to areas that we've either been before that we had been promised since 1.0. It was sort of a, a, a long, a long coming payoff. Right. And now we do have some sort of lore sense of what, you know, what pushing towards Garlemald and and that end of the continent. But we didn't this wasn't this isn't a place that we've been running around in front of for like three years. You know, we we knew that going to Ishgard, like what would be involved with that and i think now pushing this in a new direction definitively closing all of those 1.0 plot threads i think that was an important thing to be able to to move forward so what you're saying is that we've had vertical progression or horizontal progression this whole time narratively sure (laughs) shut up what are you even talking what because you're like the story hasn't been going forward they just been adding more to it no that's not what i'm saying and that's and that's not well and that's not what happened either that's not the way that they've portrayed the story but we now get some resolution but uh, nika i also agree with you that it did feel a little bit rushed someone was suggesting that maybe what i was lacking was that just maybe the script wasn't up to par for me Mm. that like the plot i actually did enjoy the plot and i ended up i ended up feeling like wow okay Okay, but I wanted to like cry. I wanted to be like, ah, but that didn't quite, it didn't hit me that hard. So maybe it was the script writing. Right. I don't know. No, I think what the, this is my take on it. I think the problem was that we just spent so, so much time in the Dragon Song War and 3.2, 3.3, even 3.1. Like that took a long, long time to wrap up for not really that much more plot and literary devices versus the thing that everyone was really excited about, like who are these people or whatever. The Warriors and, of Darkness. Yeah. That was wrapped up in literally one patch. Yeah, and then it's hip. Yeah, especially because we haven't uh, seen them in the two patches. We like that, it hasn't something that's been building. Problem, like if they if we got part of the Warriors of Darkness and part of the Dragon Song War in every single patch leading yes. up to this, I feel like it would have hit me harder because we would have had more of a connection or a care for them, yeah. whether or not it was a hatred or a love of them. Well, I, I think and, that, instead we saw them in the first patch, didn't see them at all for six months, and then here they are and that's over. And like But mm-hmm. but if you if you look at it as you know these these are definitively the characters from the trailers and the the intro oh, sequences going either. all the way back to 1.0 then we actually have been with these characters for a, a really long time and we just didn't even really know it and i think that that 
not like that part of it didn't hit me until later like until i really thought about it like wow like that actually gave some of those those people resolution and that's i think i think that was a a a bold choice and a bit of a wink and a nod to the longtime fans of this game that have been turning you know turning through this all the way since 1.0 longtime victims you mean no (laughs) (laughs) but i I mean i i and and I don't know that it was done in a in a in a super fan fan servicey way, but you're right. I do think that it was quick. It was well, it was a little bit quick. It might have felt quick, but at the same time, this is one of the first times I can recall where we got an MSQ edition that didn't have a bunch of filler in it. The whole ten missions I felt like were That's pretty true. much dedicated to know. telling that story. I don't know. I I think the last the last couple of patches have been more. They've been getting better. Yeah, they've it. been except having to have that pvp match for just morale and no other reason right we, we spent an entire patch where our complaint was everything just came full circle and we started yeah, right back okay, where we began. all right yeah this one it told the story it was 10 missions and it told that story and i mean and i guess it makes sense that if if which i'm 99 sure we're going to alamigo if that's true the next patch you know how the last patch we ended up running to ishgard we're probably right. going to end up like running towards alamigo or somehow walk. traveling to alamigo at the end of the next patch cycle of storyline so i guess for that to start leading in that direction we're going to need to get rid of the warriors of light because if we're still fighting them in the next patch that's not going to keep our focus on alamigo so in that sense okay but but if that was the case if they knew they had to get rid of the warriors of light by 3.4 they should have had them in the previous patches too well i i think to, uh, the thing that concerns me is that there was almost like almost too much resolution this go round and i'm like okay yeah, yeah, so yeah. what's set up going into alamigo well what's even set up going into 3.5 we have the the what the fuck are the rebel alamigo guys that's pretty much that's it that's really it so we're gonna be following that well, one thread and, uh, and uh what's his face found probably omega well yeah but oh yeah when we saw that and we're like oh they're in uh steel rock but Ooh. again Anyways. no well no that uh, they're in cartno not steel rock oh but, yeah that's what i meant cartno uh but yeah that is uh, you know that's that's another uh plot threaded that had been dangling for a while long time but i think that that brings us uh, like i can't think of other plot threads that exist out there that specifically to to alamigo now to be fair i haven't i haven't done i haven't done sophia so i don't even know what the storyline attached to that is and that's that's one of the one of the big you know pieces of content that i think could end up directing us to to different places as the well. other thing we have to remember though is this could be a deliberate choice because if they are going to go forward with not gating their content or whatever you don't want a whole lot of thread lines left over that's true too from the previous expansion that's true too. I, I do get the feeling like the rebels will probably be the primary focus of 3.5 but i think going towards 4.0 there will be a development that happens that brings us towards right Omega. not something that already exists it'll be something new but i mean like i mean i feel like we're as close to a clean slate as we've been in a long time which i think is good i long think we needed time. to get there yeah we've been we've been Maybe they're doing that on purpose yeah we've been sitting here with 
tons of different like directions for things to go for a long time. Yeah, that's true. And that's kind of been frustrating for us. I think we've all expressed that frustration that we're never getting any resolution on anything. That's true. So it is nice to get a few things. It's just, it's like it all came at once. And I was like, whoa, I don't even know what to... Too much. You know, maybe that's <laughs> good. Maybe, maybe this is good that I don't really know what to expect for the next patch. Because I feel like I do... <laughs> the first time in a long time? For the first time in a long time, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Escalia, uh, uh, just general overview... Uh, we don't want to spend too much time on you. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've noticed. Uh, All right, no, great, I, great I thought it was really good. All right, let's Shut move up. on. I thought it was really good. Like I said, I was really happy to not have a ton of filler in in the MSQ, which is just something they are guilty of all the time. I thought Alexander was really good. It was all good. I, 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 this is the patch I have enjoyed the most since 2.x. Okay. Juxta? Uh, like I said, it's uh, I'm, I just feel like they just dragged their feet with uh, 3.1, 2, and 3. And now that we're finding hitting 3.4 like oh we need to resolve this shit and so they're just like kicking into fast forward and and i feel like they could have kind of spaced it out a lot better between 3.1 and 3.4 you know what i remember way back when uh when yoshi suggested that it may not be like a 3.3.x through or 3.1 3.55 again or he's like oh well i don't we don't like you are all assuming that's what it is we don't know right Maybe like they only had enough story for like three point one to three point three three, and they're just like, oh shit, they want five whole patches. I well, I think it should have been probably pretty clear from the expectation of the audience that like, yeah, you're gonna probably you're gonna need to bridge that gap because yeah. even the gap between two point five five and three point oh was big, and and making that that gap even bigger is probably not the best idea. So um, I had something specific that I wanted to ask Nikki. I'm surprised she hasn't ranted and raved about already. What? Your little dinner date at the beginning of the patch. <gasps> oh, oh yeah. I screamed about that in the in the our Facebook chat. Did you we see noticed. That? Yes, yes. Did you <laughs> now? Now, did you? Were you one of the people that I screenshot uh, it like every five seconds? That <laughs> talked to Emmerich after <laughs> it was done. I I've been talking to every NPC after it was done. So, so. He, he so he he told you how he wanted to invite you down to his private wine cellar. I believe so. Oh, okay. I missed I think, that one. People like, did you talk to him afterwards? And I'm been, like, no. I made sure because I remember how good the flavor text was during the previous patch cycle that every time I am standing next to an NPC afterwards, I talk to them. Did you invite him on your adventures with you? I did, and he turned me down. <laughs> oh, he didn't turn me down. That's weird. Oh, he friend zoned you. Yeah, I was like, that's he weird. Said, he went with me. He did say next time. He said next. Oh, time. sure. Yeah. Well, th- he has to keep you on the hook. You're the warrior of life. Yeah. Come on. Can't that's have right. you get mad. That's I think right. that my favorite thing that's been happening, and, and I didn't even notice this whole specific line, but all through this expansion is because we used to all hate Elfenau through uh, a Realm Reborn, right? And sure. Been yeah. Doing a lot he, better. Inexperienced, and he was pushed around a lot, and he was very naive. Like, well, he, no, not he, that. He was trusting. I, I, okay, yeah, obviously that was a narrative point, but I just think a lot of people, like, Juxta especially just thought he was like a pompous little asshole. Yeah, I thought and he was evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah for the longest time, he's like, he's so evil. He's just stupid, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought they did a great job of, of humanizing him. And I know it's one of the, one of the fa- our favorite things is like how people always make fun of him. And my favorite line was when uh, Alice a mentioned something that happened in school, right? And he's yeah. like, not in front of the warrior of light. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great I, moment. I, yeah, no, that's um, funny. Escalia, uh, do you have a drink? No. How'd you guys get? Where's? I don't have a drink. Where's Pop? Yeah, Pops is is not feeling good today. He like died or something. Somebody could have told me. 
Go I've make your own. Sitting here you waiting didn't realize for a he wasn't there stuff. until now? Well, no, not until I knew something. You're a terrible listen, person. Yeah, listen to Callow. Wow. That's, that's he's gone until he's thirsty. For. Wow. All right, let's go to our phone lines. We've got uh, Visenya hanging on the line. Visenya. <laughs> oh, I was about to go somewhere, Hello. but now I'm back. What's up, Visenya? How's it going? It's going good. How are you guys? Good, good. good. Thanks for calling in. How's your head? Oh, my head's fine. I didn't have that bad of a hangover oh, this morning. Okay. She just turned 21, guys. Ah. Wow, you didn't have that bad of a hangover? Your friends did not do you justice. Yeah, that sounds like you didn't have a good enough time. I had a great time. No, you could have better friends. You could have had a way better time. Maybe if somebody was going to be at Fan Fest, we could show you how it's done. You you need to, until you make decisions that you thoroughly regret for a long time, you're not having fun. To be fair, she streamed with Skuro. Oh, happy birthday indeed. (laughs) What? Oh my! No, I actually Jesus. needed to be uh, kind of awake, kind of early because uh, we went indoor skydiving this morning. Oh, so I couldn't cool. be like, too cool. hungover. I couldn't drink that much. That's that's neat. Yeah, really that's fun. probably not a good environment to be barfing in. <laughs> Man, no. I, to be they fair, get, they get back up and hit you in the face. Uh-uh. I, I I would also think that the facility management does not look uh, well on that. Well, you know what? To be fair, if I had streamed with Skrull, I'd want to jump out of a plane, too. That's true. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway. All right. Visenya, what uh, what would you like to talk about today? Uh, the 3.4 story. Um, no. I thought it was good. You can't. It was great to see Alice again after, uh, Coils. What did you guys, what did you guys think of her redesign? Like her, so awful. Really? The, the design okay. is fine. It's the color palette. I noticed that Tataro yeah. is also all for a sexualization of like booty shorts, but that's okay. I suppose. Since she has a low view, I guess it's attractive to look new at. Queer. New, new, new canon, uh, Tataru is, uh. A booty girl. Well, I was going to say uh, uh, a rapist, but... <laughs> what? Wow! <laughs> what? Actually, Vicenia, since you brought that up, I want to ask you um, your opinion on Alice, because we know before that Alice was never this uh, strong-willed, I suppose, and the strong character, and they decided to take her you know, long leave of absence to make her this all of a sudden really badass character, and over and over, Elfinot keeps saying, this isn't the LSA I remember. This She was never like this before. And they just decided to completely rewrite her personality. So how do you feel about that? Um, I didn't mind that, but I felt like there could have been more play with LSA. I think she should, should have say, said the same shit to Alphano. She should have been like, why aren't you being all fucking cocky? Why aren't you... Oh yeah, he's different around Ishgard. Yeah, yeah, like she hasn't been around him for a long time either. He's done a lot of. He's like gone through a lot of change. They both did. So I thought it would be cooler for them both to comment on that. Well, that but is that it was just a comment on Alice. What Elfenau's been up to? That's like public knowledge of the realm. Like everyone knows, you know, like the Crystal Brave stuff and all right, of this. Right, but see his personality be completely different too, which should be kind of more of a shock to his sister, right? Mm, maybe. Uh, I mean, because she's, I mean, she, she's basically admitted to us that, you know, she's been keeping up with everything that we've been doing. Like a stalker. Like, like a stalker. Like a stalker. Well, like a and, loving sister, you know. And, and, okay. Stalker. Loving right, sister says, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Stalker says, ooh, I, I gotta take my pants off. <laughs> Look. <laughs> She I assume she was also masturbating. <laughs> what? Look, uh, uh, I, I, I <clears throat> sorry, I, uh, that, that one caught me off guard. <laughs> uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, like, from a character perspective, yeah, Alize and Alfino spending time apart and noticing differences, that's one thing, but a lot of times this is used to direct 
the player or, uh, you know, the audience to the fact that someone is different for a different reason. Like, could could she be being controlled? Could she be tempered by some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of primal? Like, could she have experienced something that now make her ends and her personality way different? Or do you just think that that's character development? I think it could uh, be both. Oh my god! I, think, I thought it was just lazy script writing that they wanted to make her more of a character, but they hadn't developed her, so they decided to use her leave of absence as a "Hey, look how totally different she is." But guy. what's we wrong with her. that? Because she has been through quite a few. Like, I mean, plus she's been like going after the the warriors of darkness by herself this whole time. Well, do you think she still could have been like all like, oh? Yeah. yeah, I think I think actually getting closure with uh, Louis Sois probably was a big emotional moment for that character, and so I think that makes a little bit of sense. Like if that's if that's how they're saying her character experienced growth, then I'm okay with that. I think I would actually be less okay with the idea that the writers were trying to direct us to the fact that you know, oh, something's going on with Ali and you know this is going to be a problem I think I would have I think I would not like that as much as like okay here's some just genuine character development on the part of which uh, of I Alize. think Did, is the case based on that, I that, hope that long moment that we had with uh, Gooba Gabu you know Oh my god, best child <laughs> I just wanted to hold him <laughs> Forever When he's all like, you know, giving the silent treatment And uh, us and Alizé are just st- like sitting there You know, staring up at the sky right. and she's, you know, saying all that stuff I think that that's the case, I think that, you know That was sort of like some closure and resolution To, to oh, what man. happened, uh, you know Through Coil and with her, and bringing her Back into the story I, yeah. I like Nero's theory well, that she's evil, and we're gonna have two straight uh, Expansions end Wherein one of those twins screws us over <laughs> Well, not only that, but I think another big part of Alizé's uh, character progression was because of, I'm not going to spoil anything, but because of that scene that she had way back where she witnessed something. I think that changed her quite a lot because it involved somebody she had known for a long, long, long time. If this happened not in 3.4. Yeah, if it's not in 3.4, we don't need to worry about spoilers. It's only 3.4 spoilers that we're worried about. So you're talking about when she viewed... Uh, Yuri Ange in the Google library getting handed the Gay Room Chronicles by uh, the Yeah, the answer. Yeah, Yeah. Elidibus. So, yeah, and I I think you're right. I think that that probably would make a character a little bit more cynical and a little bit more uh, untrusting. I actually forgot about that part. That was a huge important part. The only thing that I forgot was Alice being there. I don't know if I just never noticed that, but I remember the Uri Ange Assian. Oh, I remember that part, but I don't remember Alice. Yeah. And I was really mad like about the story uh, up until 3.4 because it was like, where does that lead? I need to know because yeah. I want to like just confront him and be like, dude, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing over there? I that one was good to keep in the background rather yeah. than the Warriors of Darkness being left yeah. in the background. But like this one was like, we know he's up to some shit, but we He's so secret. He's so secretive. We never picked up on it, right? Because we knew that before the stuff with Moonbrita, before she died, before he was part of that whole thing, we still knew he was up to some shit. And so he he was playing along with us like nothing was going on. And like that, I think fucking with the player was a really clever narrative choice. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you're right, and I think you know we finally get to see the long con played out, which is really interesting. Um, Juxta Callow, did either of you not complete T12 when you did the opening cutscenes with Alice? No, I've completed it. No, yeah, they yeah, both, they both have. They both have. Okay, yeah. so I was the only one. 
that scene is Sucked so freaks. like not subtle at all if you haven't completed T12. Really? Yeah, because she's like, she's like, oh, and by the way, Warrior Vlad, I wanted to thank you for your help on my journeys, even though we didn't see it through to completion. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh. It's so like having a I was, Jewish I was, mother. I was oh. so curious what the text change was. Oh. I didn't actually know anyone that hadn't completed Coil like, at this it's point. It's like three times in that one cutscene where she so- barbs you for having having not finished it that's so, so passive good. aggressive it is it's so passive aggressive you're that's just like so shut up about it now go now, away i wonder how much different she was then because technically if you hadn't completed coil or at least t12 that alice had never had closure to lewis fault well I, maybe, she, no. maybe she found someone else to i help. was gonna say i think i think yeah, that what the uh, canon would be is that it was completed without you yeah she did it herself. yeah that's, okay. that's the assumption because she's like hey thanks for helping me see it to completion even though you weren't there whenever i got yeah, shit I, I still couldn't have done it without you <laughs> that's so funny it's yeah. like oh you passive aggressive bitch oh that's so funny but sorry i, I was saving that- the world somewhere else um, so look uh, now, now, Kahlo, I know that you haven't gotten to this point in the MSQ, but there is a point where Alize has a big moment. A lot of people are talking about this. Uh, <laughs> you know, she. Uh, I'll just brb to my drink real quick. <laughs> she, she throws the uh, throws the book up in the air, and uh, we see her wielding uh, a sword. That looks a little bit similar to some of the stuff that comes out of the uh, Palace of the Dead. <laughs> Mystic Knight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of yeah, people in the Red chat Mage. are saying that it could be a different job that they're hinting at. I didn't Mystic even catch Knight. that. Mystic like Red Mage or Rune Fencer. Well, or... yeah, because the the shape of the sword is uh, pretty unique, and uh, you know a lot of the skills that she's using are pretty unique. Uh, I, you know, it does. The, a lot of people are looking at this as evidence. Of either Mystic Knight or Red Mage or, you know, as I think uh, Nika had said, Rune Fencer. The biggest thing is, does she have a different stance while she's, like, wielding the sword? Because if she's wielding the sword like she's a gladiator, then that's not really indicative of anything. But if she has a different stance, then that's, like, then 100%. That, then that means that... Somebody, that, uh, somebody that, looked that up. I don't know. That, that means that they've she had added a new animation. stance, if yes. I remember correctly. She but was wielding it in a summoning. completely different way than you would see, like, any of the other sword classes wielding a sword. But she's also, like, like using it to power ether or flow ether into it right she wasn't actually hitting any yeah. of it no so, I, I think i think juxta's talking about even down to the idle animation because yes. a new a, a new job would get a, a new set of animations mm-hmm. and you know we did actually see some of that with uh you know with some npcs using ninja skills during the leviathan before yeah before we had the introduction of ninja so that is a pretty dead giveaway if there's been new animations added um but uh but yeah i i, I mean uh I, I, I square enix is kind of notorious as, as yoshi p is a bit notorious for adding hints in patches just before big announcements what do you guys think do you think that this is pretty indicative yeah. of 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 a new class yeah i think we're gonna get doom yeah. train <laughs> Shut no, up. I, don't, I think I think I, it's I don't Mystic think Knight. it's like a hint towards Red Mage though, because Red Mages tend to not wield swords that big. So, uh, no, but yeah, she was you know, also, but she, but if you think about it, she was also summoning magic into her blade, right? Which is like an end spell. Which sword? is which is why I think Mystic Knight is more feasible as that being the class that they're teasing. If they are teasing a class there, 
But again, it didn't if we've seen her like blast like fire off like one hand, then I'd call Red Mage. Yeah, but I'm well, calling like, with with ethereal channeling and a little bit larger sword. I'm calling Mystic Knight. It's got to be. Uh, well, yeah. it, it, the, we we could have had the Red Mage hint for a long time because a lot of people have theorized going back as far as the fu- the yeah the fight with uh, uh, with Ilbert that uh, he uses pot- what could potentially be Red Mage animation skills because we do, we've never seen those animations applied anywhere else outside of Ilbert. That's a cutscene, though. It is a cutscene. So I don't really count that. Uh, hold on. Uh, Nero, didn't you... There was some, like, silly little cutscene or move somewhere where you, I think, called Machinist. Like, like you, you got your inspiration for how we were going to get Machinist based on it. And it was just, like, the smallest, most insignificant little thing that when you brought it up, none of us even realized it. Do you remember what I'm talking about at all? No. Yeah, there was. I don't know if it was a cutscene or a battle, but you're like this guy. You know, had like a thing or, or used it like a gun or used. Well, some there animation. was a gun in um, Pharaoh's Serious. Like the, the first boss with the yellow gold puddles on the ground, he uses a gun, and so does um, Sastasha boss. I I would have said if anything, I I I think I would have pointed out the the ninja animations when they were introduced early before ninja was even announced. Yeah, that's what it was. I, um, I think it was something to do with uh, Crystal Tower. And Nero doing something. Mm. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I just I remember you pointing out this really vague thing, and you're like machinist. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're making that up. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Visenya, thanks for the call. We appreciate Bye, it. Bye, Bun. If uh, you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype eight one zero five one five eight seven one five limitbreakradio.com slash Discord. If you'd like to call in on Discord, we want to hear from you. We want to hear all about your reactions to Patch three point four. Did this do it for you? Did it bring it back to the game? Are you playing a whole lot more than you were a week ago well we want to hear from you limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord with regard to uh, the story are we going to talk about uh, the sophia story or hildebrand or scholasticate man i haven't gotten to any of those i haven't finished i haven't finished have you done those i've done scholastic yes i've done all three of them actually. you have yes oh, okay Scholastic- i didn't know i didn't know you had the eye level to do sophia <laughs> oh shut fired because I, I, I mean you know you've done alexander too Ooh, right i totally burned you you've done alexander too right no why haven't you done alexander oh uh, because i'm missing like three item levels ouch what's your item level bro like 227 oh my gosh wow what a pleb <laughs> what, what are you at a nero uh 235 230 yeah, I didn't. I didn't finish out all of my accessories, but I was okay. Pretty close. All right, I was gonna say, I'm, I, aren't I 243? But maybe I'm 237. <laughs> okay, I was like, I'm 238, but I'm still using the 230 weapon. No yeah, no, oh, I, yeah I, I upgraded to the 250 crafted high quality weapon. So uh, let's before we get into any of that, let's talk about Alexander, the final Alexander confrontation. Uh, so we got, uh, you know, we got these uh, two. Uh, I'm sorry, four new uh, uh, confrontations with the Alexander raid. And uh, I I have not. Now, I've been through three of the story modes. I have not gotten to the final confrontation with Alexander. But I've got to say, in terms of just in, in terms of a general story reaction, they definitely ramped it up with this one. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, the and- last two or three cutscenes are actually interesting. Yes, but 
there is i think the most interesting thing is how definitively they've tied this to the 1.0 lore can you explain that because i can a lot of people don't understand this and again this is spoilers so if you want to remain completely spoiler free you might want to tune out but back in 1.0 no 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) you're fine back in 1.0 as a part of the limsa lominsa storyline you are charged uh, or actually rather more uh, specifically yishtola is charged with retrieving a horn now this was a uh, uh, you know a highly ethereal uh, uh, ethereal uh, item produced a lot of ether and it was supposedly on seal seal rock aka swallowtail rome called the horn uh someone remind me of the name what the fuck the item actually is i they actually even something a horn it is something horn but it is they they say it as a part of the the cutscene. i i'm just blanking is it hangar's horn no (gasps) full circle so as a part of this storyline you end up i think briefly recovering the horn and then uh a assian by the name of travanche stops you takes the horn and disappears and that was wait when did that happen 1.0 limsa lominsa storyline so oh i did old da's storyline that was the first for shame that was that was the the one of the very few small interactions that we ever got with an assian in 1.0 the only other one was seeing the assian prime out in old da uh, out in uh uh the oh you actually saw one of those in 1.0 yeah yeah was the same as the assian prime that we fight in the ethereal chemical refinement plant? almost almost and, i mean it's basically the reaper thing they so they, they, they yeah. yeah they they basically and, and, explained and 1.0 two of them had merged as well or you didn't actually see that no part. you didn't no, see that didn't. part gotcha. he was actually just roaming around around oh and, and you you like see him from a distance and everyone's like holy shit holy shit so he nobody was, nobody alert the thing don't move don't even fucking <laughs> breathe <laughs> it wasn't like a story thing he was just out there in yeah. like an nm well it, it, it's a it was a cut scene oh okay okay i got you. your characters you. sort of react like oh shit don't no move. one do like, anything sense fear an <laughs> okay Assian. don't look at it, it right no yes exactly so the only other uh interaction that we got was with travanche and travanche steals the horn disappears um and i it, it had another connection to another npc who i think stole the horn back that i don't that part i don't remember i i I think that put up the ethos signal yeah i know (laughs) but but i think that the npc that uh that ended up helping travanche that got the horn stolen from him i think he becomes a job npc like later on in in 2.0 or 3.0 anyway so Travache steals the horn and we don't know what happened to it. And a lot of people had theorized like we're going to get some kind of, uh, you know, information on it uh, with the addition of seal rock because we got because that's that was supposedly where it was taken from. And the only mention we ever got of seal seal rock and swallowtail Rome existed surrounding that storyline. So people had theorized, oh, we'll 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 know a little bit more about the horn that be actually put PVP like in a story sense sense yeah yeah that been super I, it, cool. it, it would have been but it never ended up panning out so we never knew what ended up happening with the horn it was one of these dangling pro- plot threads mm-hmm. 
from 1.0. And did you only know what uh, about the horn if you did Limsa's opening story? Yes. I believe so. Because like, yeah, this doesn't sound familiar to me at all. And I did Old Dot. And it just, that's, that's kind of lame. I you wish know, that all of us would have gotten to see that. If they were going to tie it into the storyline now. As hardcore as you are for Limsa and Merle Web, knowing that you were old on 1.0 like just no, well, this is what happened any, i started it was out actually in old that was that was before merrill web yeah, was merrill web didn't leader. exist so yeah. i started out in old dot because it was the coolest looking down in my opinion and then as soon as merrill was inputted in the game and then you get to choose which grand company you want oh yeah limsa nah, you're a scene kid nika I joined Subs because she was the only femoral. Ah, uh-huh, hipster. The little bit of self-respect oh, I had for any Rose, Nika, that I may have had hidden deep within me is just completely gone. How? Why? Just as soon as gone. she was put into the hipster. game, I joined her. Hipster. I'm glad yeah, that you were able to I maintain I'm, I'm self-respect for other I was still an elf because we weren't allowed to choose femoral back then. I was a female elf. And I joined Marla because she was my one true love. So anyway, uh, it, the horn was not tied to the Seal Rock storyline. Instead, we actually get direct reference to Travanche and the horn wow. in the Alexander storyline. Hmm. And it is uh, what is basically revealed to be powering uh, uh, Alex. Alexander, yeah, Alexander. So I don't know how that re- resolves itself. It's really interesting, but to know that that they closed the st- that storyline all the way back from 1.0, that's pretty cool. Okay. And it was one of those moments. I, I mean, yes, it felt like a retcon on uh, uh, like it, uh, on the one hand, but on the other hand, it was also like that's also kind of a cool nod. And and why I really think that they've gone to great lengths to put to bed. All of the dangling plot threads from 1.0. I was gonna say, is, as a 1.0 person, I feel like you would be like really upset that they're just like, oh, by the way, this horn is the cause of Alex, and you only get to know about it in the very last leg of it. Okay, bye. It's done now, forever. It, it that's better than having it never be addressed ever again. Yeah. Having it, you know, I think you, you were know, coming from a place of having just written it off anyway. Yes, so now that, it's just like oh, I, cool. It's something and as opposed to nothing. Exactly. I had figured that that would be one of the things that we would never get an answer on, and it would just be a forever mystery. And maybe we would get a reference to it in a cutscene somewhere. But okay, I will never have full closure though from 1.0 until I know what happened to my sexy lesbian Miko tape companion. What? She died. Yeah, There's she, no, no, I refuse the... to believe that. I never had her body. I never had a funeral. She is not dead until I have closure. Okay, well, you know what, Nika? Her body was probably incinerated, so there's nothing left of her. Go have your little funeral somewhere. We should have a funeral. Write her off. That'd be yeah. great. What bothers me is that the w- that's when the, the hands of the game changed over. So there was a whole point where like we must get out to this place in the shroud as fast as we can. And she's like she was like so upset about something because something bad happened. And she's like, I don't care. I'm going by myself. And she takes off and died. And, and died. I never see her again. Thank, Thank you. Well, uh, sorry. What was your name again? <laughs> Nameless NPC. <laughs> We're going to have a funeral. It's going to be great. So uh, like, I feel like that 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 itself that will probably never resolve. No, I will never feel. I'm, and I'm take off your clothes. No, my Mikote partner was the best. I used to write down all the funny like lesbian innuendo she would throw take at me. Take off your clothes. <laughs> it was hilarious. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, a, a little bit of resolution from 1.0, and and again, yeah, it does feel a little bit retconny. It does feel a little bit shoehorned, but the fact that they did anything with it, I think, is admirable, and it actually gives Alexander a little bit more weight to me as a 1.0 player, as opposed to this has almost no connection to anything in the world that I've ever 
I feel like if there were, I feel like it's just like, oh, we should, we need to find a way to end Alexander when have this story all make sense. Hey, isn't there some kind of horn back in 1.0? Just throw it in there at the end. It'll be fine. I don't think so. No. The way that I see it going was they had probably had to come up with some type of artifact or something that was powering Alexander. And one dude's probably like, hey, you know what we could use? You know, as like a nod to 1.0 yeah, players. That's totally, I'm, I, look, in terms of when TV shows or ongoing media, ongoing stories end up doing that, there are a lot of people who like cry foul and get really, really upset at, 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 uh, you know, writers or creators who will make those kinds of decisions. I've never been. Never yeah, because think it's about to- this. I am I am totally not upset if someone decides that like oh that really fucking works like if if someone pitches an idea and they're like wow wow that really fits mm-hmm. and that's really cool we should definitely do that there's no uh, oh why because it wasn't part of the blueprint from the beginning that wasn't part of the master plan from the beginning some of the best shit is sort of made up as it goes well, along like limit break radio yeah <laughs> there was a moment I liked about that and it was just in like a a, a miscellaneous event but when Shantoto came to uh, Eorzea and it's like oh that's where she was during her Shantoto ascension that's where she she when she disappeared out right. of ADL she showed up in Eorzea yeah like of course that wasn't the plan back in 11 of but course it was not cool, and it was a good use of that story exactly arc. yes so I'm not bothered by that at all and and again I think it gave Alexander stakes that Alexander didn't have for me before that I didn't feel that terribly attached to it. It was really just the story of Mide and her, uh, you know, her, uh, her, her bay, and that's it. <laughs> and, oh and yeah, I, she had a boyfriend, doesn't she? Yeah, and and yes. and that, that was it. It's the that, entire plot of Alexander. Well, not anymore. <laughs> anyway, now uh, there's a horn. Yeah. Uh, no, so okay, the final. Do the final Alex cutscene, okay? okay? Yes, of course. I just like, it, it wraps up all of it. I just no, I just literally didn't have time for it. You know what? It doesn't wrap up. I did up, it just though? before the show because I wanted to make sure I had it done before then. Nika, the one thing it doesn't wrap up though is what happened to your companion from one point. Oh my god! Uh, so, uh, what did you feel about the difficulty, uh, Nika? I know you probably haven't gotten to Savage yet. Are you guys still working on the previous Savage turns, or well, are you no? Move we're going to drop it and move on. Okay, um, but we decided to take this week to actually do the original content before we just plowed into savage and melted our brains okay so, so just from like your your basic uh uh wandering into normal mode uh what did you think um it definitely was not super hard it was just there was a lot of mechanics and i do think it was super fun and i remember the first thing we thought when midas came out was that it was a lot more fun than gordius and i do think that this is a lot more fun than midas hmm. definitely now, now that being said there have been a there's been a lot that's been made of the difficulty of these raids because the world firsters <laughs> were able to plow through this content in almost no time at all so uh, what are you expecting when when you walk into Savage for the first time? Man, you know, I don't I don't even know because actually all of the turns except for 10, I still have no idea what the hell is going on in Alex 10. But in the other ones, I was able to see the mechanics, wipe once, completely understand it and then never get hit by a mechanic again after that. Um Except in 10. I don't know what's going on in that one. Um, so it, it doesn't seem like it's really that hard. It's all mechanics and it's all ones that once you understand it are easy. I hear that there's actually no real dps checks or anything or that and that accuracy doesn't matter very much and all that in savage mode so 
I, I don't know. I'm a little like people are already saying too that like the most casual of casual people, even in our um, listener base in the chat, was saying how they cleared Sophia X on the first day. And to me, like Nidhogg took three days. I for me, I think that's pretty good. Sephiroth took me maybe a week or so. And so being able to just go in and smash Sophia on the first day seems a little cheap. So if Sophia's that easy. I don't know. So, I mean, it just seems like a general development philosophy to turn the difficulty down to try to encourage people to come back to the rating scene. And I think, you know, like a lot of the sentiment that I've seen expressed out in the community is that that's not the worst thing, right? Like that's to, you know, to concentrate on getting numbers of people back into rating and and back into the concept and idea of rating that the difficulty can fall a little bit for a period of time until they reinvigorate rating or popular rating populations ramping it back up gradually yeah i told nika this week i'm gonna raid this patch for my first time ever now what (laughs) what, what, hang on now now, what makes you what what made you uh pull the trigger on that uh a11 i was going through it and we're just practicing and learning the mechanics and then like obviously i thought a11 was the most fun of the four fights and all of alexander i thought was just i had a great time playing it i'm like i want to do more of this and try a harder version of it a11 has an active time a, a quick time thing. event. Quick time event. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I am really interested to know what Savage's version of that is. Absolutely, and just the the whole thing. I, it's like, actually really pointless and makes no difference whatsoever. No, it really that doesn't. If you don't click on the thing fast enough, you will die. But that and I mean, that and Sophia. So not really much of a difference, I guess. Yeah, that and Sophia. Like both those, like all those fights were so much fun, like mechanically and just enjoyable to go through. That I thought, yeah, I'll take the time to learn how to do the harder version of it. I'm up for it. Okay. And I've been grinding eye level since then, so I can start doing it. Interesting. That's well, you uh, geeks what are eye level so are you gullible. At? What's your eye level, Escalia? Two thirty six. <gasps> is that higher than you, Juxta? Oh, that's no. defin oh no, it's not? I thought it is. I think he said He's lying, yes it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he yeah. was in the two twenties. That's right. Yep. It's definitively higher than his. Uh, Just I don't I, My it, item level is eight uh forty seven. So, 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 Escalia, but you're saying that just by virtue of the way that the mechanics were designed, the way that the environments were designed, this inspired you to try out raiding. It's not the fact that it's the last tier in the raid and that this is going to be the most relevant tier of gear to come out of raiding. That has no, no well, impact on it. When I went into Gordius... Even like the easy modes of Gordius just felt like blind face mashing and they were boring. Okay. Why would I want to invest time into learning how to do harder versions? Well, no, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, again, it's not a criticism. I'm just, it's just an observation that, you know, if someone was going to get into rating, now would be the time time. to do it because there's no, there, you don't actually have to catch up to anything. Like, again, they, they removed the barriers from, from progressing from one raid to the other. That was one of, I think, the good features of binding coil is that. That you actually had to complete an entire turn b- before you got sure. the next set of turns. So, you know, having this, have those barriers removed, it very much feels like, okay, now's the time if you're going to get into rating, get into it now because you can catch up on the mechanics. That's pretty easy. You can catch up on all of the stuff. And especially since they've been dumbed down and now the gear is the most relevant for the longest period of yeah. time until we see 4.0. And that might be part of it. I, like, you're right though. SE has positioned themselves really 
really well to actually build their rating community leading into 4.0. Absolutely. But the thing is, though, is that, look, Square Enix has to recognize that the community has recognized the pattern. And if you're seeing a dip in the middle of your rating scene, you know what? The monotony of the gear structure probably has a lot to do with that. Right. Mm-hmm. If people yeah. don't see the point in doing the middle tier raid because they know in six months they're just going to get the next thing and the next set of gear. Like, why, why not? Why not then just wait until this last set comes out like it just did and then get into raiding? I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know what, Scalia? I'm not going to make funny of her raiding. I That's wanted to. I wanted to, but but no, because I think that you're you're also in a very unique position, knowing the people that you do that you don't have to worry about going with with like scrubs and stuff. <laughs> you can use your connection and join, you know, uh, a grade group that's really got it down pat. I mean, I'm sure that you know Nika's going to open up a spot for you, right, Nika? I so you're telling me to just boot someone out of my group? <laughs> I couldn't raid when they raid anyway, but sure. Hmm. All right, we okay. see we see how it is, Nika. All right, thanks, <laughs> Nika. Let's go back to the. Let's go back how, to our. How would I tell someone who's my friend that we built up this relationship? And be like, I'm just gonna kick you no, out for fine. someone who's never no, rated. It's fine. We're going to the phone line. <laughs> we're gonna go. We're going to uh, back to. Right, the, I love you. Back to the phone lines, and uh, we're gonna be talking to Diamelos. What's up, what, Diamelos? No, no, Ryuichi. Ryuichi. What's up, Ryuichi? Yo. What's going on? You sound dead. Yeah, you sound really excited to be here. Oh, I'm just I. A little tired, but I'm pretty good. Okay. Okay. I, I thought you were like preparing for some like sad story. <laughs> yeah. Like, did, oh, did no, your no. chocobo die? Do you need to like go be with someone right now? Is your companion from no, 1.0 dead? Good. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no, I do. You do get some resolution on that companion. It's at the end of A8 Savage. As soon as you clear it, you oh, get to find sure. out what happened to your companion. <laughs> but only A8 Savage. Yeah, that one specifically. <laughs> Okay, so, what, what what the fuck are you? Yeah, why on, why are you calling? Well, you just you you just want to say lol? No, well, well I just start. Um, Get to the point. Yeah, all right. Well, I just started doing. I cleared a, a with this. Oh, excuse me. <sighs> oh, we put so, him on tilt. Uh, I see, yeah, I got a. Um, <laughs> we've been doing Savage for a while now, and uh, my group just cleared A9S on Friday night, and we're on uh, A10 Prague. I kind of want to give my impressions on. Uh, Give about my impressions about the Savage re- tier so thus far. Okay. Go go so go, go ahead. <laughs> so, so it's a little so compared to, to the last tier Savage, it's a little bit e- it's a little bit easier. But well, the fact, like, the fact that like most like, average groups did not clear the first one within the first three days, I think that means it's a lot a bit easier. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a lot easier. But uh, like the mechanics itself is. Pretty pretty fun for the most uh, for the most part. Um, it's also a bit more engaging. How um, does it compare though? Like with looking at um, a five normal to a five savage, and looking at like a nine normal to a nine savage. Um, makes sense. Like, is that a lot harder than the normal? Is the mechanics like pretty similar, so that it's not that much harder? Or the, the, the mechanics are similar, but there's also a little bit more punishing if you don't get them right. Like for example, like you know how you you know burn you know burn the dead ads to prevent it from being stockpiled. Right. Well, if you well, if you know if you I don't remember if this applies to normal, but if you uh if you burn a live uh, a live ad in the lava, it wipes the entire party. Okay, that seems that's part of normal mode. Yeah, and um, you have to make sure you actually activate the, the correct ad because there is an ad in the in like in the middle in the middle of the fight before. Uh, 
he gained the boss gains the second arm you have to make sure that one gets burned or you know not activate or excuse me you have to make sure you don't activate it because if you activate it well that's a white for everybody else Okay, so it does. I mean, so in comparison to uh, to to Midas, yeah, the the difficulty going down, and we've seen that kind of pattern before in Binding Coil of Bahamut as well. You know, we I I would say that arguably the most difficult portion of that raid was T nine. Still. I mean, still people struggle on T9 like they don't struggle with the rest of uh, of, of that raid. Yeah, but it's just because, like, in T9, like, a lot of the mechanics just instant kill. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't outgear 30,000 damage. Right. And, and so, I mean, I, I, while it does sort of fit the pattern a little bit, I wonder what the idea there is like what the what the philosophy there is, you know, like, wh- why? Why is that? beneficial why does that help your rating community does it even i, I don't think that it does like i think what's the secret behind that the if, if there even is one there's I like, mean, I, it just it seems very haphazard there's, there, there's this one dude on the square enix development team who's never beat nine because he thinks it's too hard so they just make nine everything in the game too hard to spite him <laughs> i just i it it just seems a little weird to have this difficulty curve where it goes, you know, like it spikes in the middle and then goes back down. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I would be curious to know what people's feelings on this versus even Gordius was. Because if Gordius is the hardest part of Alexander, <laughs> you know, like I feel like I, th- I feel like a, a lot of people got stymied on A4. Well, definitely. But I mean, they said straight up then like, well, OK, guys, we way went too far on Gordius. And they said the other ones wouldn't be as hard. Right. But I thought Midas was a decent, like, change. I mean, Midas was easier than Gordius, but it was not easy by any means. This seems like it's just easy. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a little disappointed. Like, I'm just a little nervous that it's not going to hold us out until the next patch. Like, I mean, the mo- I feel like the really hardcore groups beat A8 Savage. My group never got through 7. A lot of groups were still progressing on 7 or 8 when this next patch hit, which means they had content to do the entire patch. If we're clearing... A12 by, you know, within the month. What am I going to do for the rest of the patch cycle? Farm. Wondrous Tales. Boring. Wondrous Tales. I don't know. I mean, it's just nice to have a goal that's going to keep me working through the entire patch. Yeah. If you didn't have your raid static, what do you... And and I'm not saying, you know, you like you guys broke up or something, but like, let's say you guys... you had to take a Scalia. Let's say you guys completed the content and you guys got all the rewards that you wanted out of it. What would keep you logging into FF14? It's hard to say because I can tell you the last two or three weeks before the patch, I only logged on to raid. So... Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't even do, even though I'm still like four umbrite from my relic, I didn't even log in to do my roulettes just because I didn't feel like it. So I feel like at least I, it, it got me to log in every week because I still had that goal to work for. If we're right. done with this in a month, I mean, that's kind of lame. Don't worry. Yoshi told you what to do. Go play something else. <laughs> I think Nick is going to be okay because she always has her progression AFK and gold saucer to do. That's true. So, well, I, I, and, and I mean, I, I feel like the consensus on Midas was that it took it in a good direction. Yeah. They, they they backed off on some of the uh, the elements that inflated the difficulty of Gordius uh, artificially. And 
you know, really concentrated on mechanic heavy fights that were fun for people to do. Yes. And that's that was the I, I mean, that that was the I wouldn't say the consensus, but that was the general overall uh, um, sentiment that that I had seen go around. And I'm just kind of curious why Square Enix would think that taking taking the easy taking the difficulty and backing off even more is the good play there when they had already been receiving very you know positive compliments about the system that they added just two patches ago i think that you're the one that hit on it annie i think the idea that since we're at the end this is going to be the patch uh piece of raid content that lasts the, the longest that this is the best chance for more people to get involved with it then going into 4.0 i think they can maybe push more people into into at least yeah so so, if they so step it back up to midas level in 4.0 people who have now gotten rating experience here will be ready for that so what are, are you saying that square enix has to concentrate on bringing more people into the rating scene as opposed to engaging the people that were already there. My problem is that I think that they definitely did need to bring more people in because after some of the last, especially with Gordius, there are people who didn't even try Midas because yeah. they, they were raiders and they fell out. And, so and I definitely think concentrating on bringing people in is what they need to do. However, I don't think that that needs to be their only focus. I feel like this this level of rating that exists that people are clearing within the first month needs to exist. It does. But there also needs to exist something super challenging for the hardcore raiders that want a goal for the entire patch. And for right now, it seems like their mind is it must be either or. It can't be both. And that's bothering me. That, uh, does, that does suck. But I also think, Nika, that all these hardcore people, I don't think that, like, yeah, after they clear in, you know, farm it for a month or two or whatever and, and they stop, they're still going to be back when 4.0 comes out and the rating comes out, right? Like those people, they're raiders for life. This is the type of content that they live for is the rating. Do they want more difficult? Absolutely. But I don't think that they're going to quit and move on. Whereas the casual people who they've slowly been losing over this ent- entire expansion, yeah. I think if you don't get them back, they're going to be they're, no, they're I gone. I agree, which That's, is why I do think that this easier level of rating needs to exist. Like I'm glad that it does. I just think that they're now forgetting about the fact that like, World of Warcraft has seven different difficulties or whatever, and it works well, and that people love that, and that here it's like, no, we're going to have one or nothing. It's going to be and super hard or super easy, and nothing yeah, in between. You're, and you're I, not wrong. And that's sort and of that the, bothers me. That's sort of the point that I was sort of like making my way back around to is that you know we have constantly been advocates of you know don't dumb down the difficulty, keep things hard, keep them challenging. But I think like when we advocate for that position, it's rarely through the lens of rating it's rarely through the lens of uh you know this extreme content that exists it's you know i don't think any of us have ever advocated make ex's harder you know like none of us have ever said that but the general content that we all interact with on a daily basis i think that could see a difficulty increase Mm -hmm. to just challenge your community a little bit more and make those encounters a little bit more engaging we're going to talk about the dungeons here in just a second yes but you know, I think that that is a uh, 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 an aspect of the game where the degree of difficulty has been a complete write off now for about a year and a half. And they and there are areas where they could inject more difficulty. And that's one of them. It doesn't I 
you know, people people conflate and misunderstand the whole idea of get good that we had laid out and why we were advocating specifically for them not to turn down uh, steps of faith or not to tune down some of these easier confrontations that all of the community ubiquitously need to confront. Because when you have these big fights that most everyone needs to do to be able to progress that act as gates, then that challenges your community and forces them to rise to the occasion. And all of those people who bellyache that they can't get through it are and and I know that I'm generalizing here, but they're generally one of two things. They're either so bad at the game that they're they're what what we had termed one of the unhelpables, or <laughs> just be nice to a scalia. You're going really hard, or they just are one of these complainers that you know try something three times, and after having a party that that disbands, the first thing that they do is they go complain on the fucking forums. This and and the point of saying that is that. The complaints are generally not an accurate representation of what the majority of your community is experiencing. Okay, so knowing that, I think that's why we, uh, you know, when we say get good or when we advocate for harder content, that's where we're advocating for it. Um, You know, and and when it comes to very challenging content, I think that, you know, this is uh, that this is probably a step in the right direction because you're right this will get people back into raiding because they're not so intimidated by having to meet strict dps checks and all of these other different Mm -hmm. different uh you know uh uh things that we've worked ourselves into um so yeah i i think in the end that this is the best move for square enix to do given the situation of hemorrhaging players from their end game and needing to bring some of those people back into the fold and getting enough people back once they, you know, re-legitimize its popularity, that's when they need to start looking at their reward system. No, 4.0 period is when they need to start looking at the reward system because that and that that brings me to the the other point that I was going to make is that, yes, World of Warcraft has seven difficulties for, you know, uh, various things that you can do in their game, but they also reward those difficulties properly. and, And it's not just an arbitrary touch that you end up getting out of it that was the biggest problem with you know savage coil uh five to nine was that it just gave you a title and nothing else and people saw that and were like there's no fucking reason they weren't to do even that. good titles no they weren't oh the, the dominatrix the avatar right. the that. raper what <laughs> you're, you're right that would be a bad title to have uh, I Reaper. Really, I still want the Avatar. The, the Reaper wasn't even one of them. Raphasalia. There. Reaper. Yeah, the Raphasalia Reaper. Raphasalia. Nobody fucking cares. Flesia. It it wasn't a good reward. No. It was never a good reward. Mm-hmm. And especially the uh, of the cosmetic things that you could reward people with, simply a title, that's pretty sad. That's pretty bad. I mean, that's just not. Give me a custom th- title. No, we'll talk. You know what would be awesome? If the title was in a different color. Oh, mm, so it stands out? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Are you kidding know. me? You're walking around and you're like, oh, yeah, da, da, da. And then you just see some asshole with a red title walking around. You're like, what the fuck? I didn't set my UI to have red titles. I mean, I guess, but I don't know. Oh, baby. Uh, I'm getting hard thinking about no, it. We, that, we need to listen you to Juxtaposition the Glamour rating? Master on this. Yeah, don't, it, Square Enix, don't pay attention to anything that Juxtaposition just said because y- you'll actually do it and we don't want that. Actually, you know what? Just put that in the cash out. 
Oh, God, they would. So let's talk about the dungeons, because I think that these, uh, in my head, these were both kind of a write-off. I, you know, had no idea what I was doing the entire time. Didn't need to know what I was doing. If you can follow basic fucking directions, then you can do these dungeons. And the thing is, is I feel like as we go through, all of the teeth have been taken, have been taken out of every confrontation in every dungeon. They were well-designed. I liked going through them. Visually, they were very entertaining. But the problem is, is that like it just didn't feel like there were any stakes. There were no there was no challenge. There was nothing, you know, like I could have slept walk through it for my first time. And that's what I don't like. These are my favorite dungeons so far. Let me let, I mean, let me acclimate you. Let no, me I let mean. me acclimate myself to the mechanics. And then once I know the mechanics, put myself on autopilot. I don't like the fact that I was on autopilot for the entirety of the confrontation. Yeah. And that's just a bummer. You know what? I'm on the same page as you. I mean, all your positive points were right, but it does need a major difficulty increase. And like Ascalia, these were actually some of my favorite ones given what we've had. In fact, Zelfatal, what I really like about Zelfatal is I feel like the pacing is perfect for speed running. Like he, you can only have to do like 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 four or five, you know, really big giant AoE pulls and then boom, you're at the I end. I went of in it. with Diamolos the other day and he's like, we're not stopping until we hit a wall yeah. every pull. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Um, and it was and, great. And and to to go back to Nika's point, I think that this is one of the areas of the game that could really benefit from difficulty yep. settings. Uh, you know, like that's it it it's it's shocking to me that Square Enix hasn't been able to figure out that part of the equation, especially with their dungeons. Their dungeons have been really unsatisfying for a long time, and they're just the automatic shit that you do every single day. I don't, so I think, you know, you could tune those fights a lot harder, you know, uh, give, you know, give people a reward bonus and, you know, let people fail on it sometimes. Don't be afraid to let people fail. All right, if you could do like a hard mode version of each of these dungeons where you just you get double tomes if you're able to clear it but it's hard that'd be sweet please yes please amazing i don't know i i came out of both these dungeons like really happy Uh, the thing that for zelfatol like you said the pacing was really good i thought the music in zelfatol was some of the best dungeon music we've had (laughs) i loved zelfatol's music it was fine i don't i don't i don't think i realized that it was anything new was it It, it's kind of like a remix of a lot of old songs that they kind of like splice them together okay it's pretty cool i liked it say yeah i came out feeling pretty positive about them but then immediately afterwards i'm like all right yeah you know that was cool that was fun but I, I can just, definitely see I just them compared getting old. it to the uh, 3.3's dungeons where I like the first time I did like Amdapur, I was like, oh my god, I don't care. No, Amdapur this was one terrible. I was thrilled. Like I loved it the first, second, third, and fourth time I've done it. Mm-hmm. I, I love the design of Zelfatol. It reminded me a lot of Movopolis. When yes. You're yes. yes. Oh my god, I when you go in like with all the wooden structure, like where's the bugbears yes. and moblins? Exactly. Um, but I actually like the mechanics of the fights of Library better. Yeah, I would yes. say that. You know, I'll give that to you as well. And going off of what Nero said, the difficulty increase. Take the uh, the I forget if it's the first or the second boss, but the the, the demon that comes out of the book, right? Yeah. I really like his mechanics, but they're choreographed. They do double choreography for them. Like first of all, you see, oh, he's casting folio. That means that the books are gonna be coming down soon. Okay, there's where the books are gonna land. Okay, now I'm out of the way. First of all, he doesn't need to cast them. Second of all, just have them drop and get out of the way. I don't even think you need the uh, the orange things, yeah, right? Yeah. Just know, don't be on the edge, and as soon as you see a book drop, you need to GTFO. Yeah. No, I... Speed I, it up. I, I, yeah, I, I agree that, you know, the, it does feel like... Uh, 
you know, going through a confrontation with, uh, you know, bumper bull. It's like a bumper bowler version of uh, of the game. Like you, you can't, can't even fall off that one. Yeah, you can't. What? It, it's yeah. it's hard to fail. Like Ugh. it's really hard to fail any of these dungeons. It's not my demon wall book kind of fight. <laughs> But my demon wall. I, I mean, uh, overall, the design was was pretty good. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think that the difficulty uh, left something to be desired. What did you think of their use of uh, Garuda at the end? Yeah, that it was, wasn't as bad as we thought oh, it would be. I thought, I thought it was going to be better. Actually, Actually I, I, I'm, I'm with no, I'm with Nika. I'm with Nika. Uh, I, I thought to, it was like, going to be better fight too. Her too. No, we fought no, her before. Oh my god! What? No, no, but like I didn't want her to just be the boss. I was excited when she. I like I originally thought she was just going to be the boss, and that was going to be dumb. I, but like I, the fact that it was him, I was hoping he would summon her and that she would be like super threatening. But instead, he summoned her, and it was like one AOE around the outside, and then she was gone. I like, wanted a different. I wanted. Some kind of different character model for Garuda, like, the, like well, it, it didn't need to be a different character model. No, but I mean, like, you know, we had to, we kind of joked about this on the last episode, but like, if we had interrupted the summoning process and then, you know, uh, we had like a part of Garuda that was like half formed, wants to form, yeah. kill me, Garuda, Phoebus like, Garuda. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, like, I, I think that that is, you know, that that could have been a really. Uh, fun thing that they could have done to make it different. I did. I, I like, I, 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 it does troll summoners, which I, I do like. Say, that's, yeah, that's, that's an, it's an actual. It's what summoners. How did yeah. summoners not, not take this as a slap in the face? Like he is literally yes. just being like, "She's mine. I'm going to summon her to hurt you now." Summon. Yeah, she does. Attack, she, gone. And she's gone. That's what a summon is, except for in ten for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. Owned. That, I did. I did think that was kind of funny. That was the best part. That yeah, was the I best love part. that. Uh, let's Fuck go, you, summoners. Let's go back to our phone lines. We've got Diamelos hanging on the line. What's up, Diamelos? Hello. Hey. Hey. Yeah, you cut out. <laughs> Hi. No, you cut out. You, you cut out. Yeah. That's, yeah, we never cut out. We're perfect. That's right. So, so Yam, tell me. Uh, I want to make sure I got this correct. <laughs> you, uh, you ran through Zelfatol with a Nero the first time, right? Yeah. And he single pulled the whole way. <gasps> I do that the first time on every dungeon. What kind of cash? I didn't. I just, just, I just sprinted and just kept going. I do that. Whoa! whoa. Not cool, man. I do that first time on every dungeon. That was so much fun the other night. You're just like, we're, we're just going. If we hit a wall, we'll stop. But otherwise, we're going. It was great. Can we have got? Can we have pulled them onto that elevator and gone up with them? No, there's a. You have have to. You have to kill the last one. Drops a key, and then you have to unlock the door. I wish. Yeah. Right. Because the, the problem between the, the first and second bosses, they have a which I don't mind as much as I did. Because the previous patches, I have a hard time remembering much of the dungeons. Like they're not very memorable, especially last patch. I'm surprised. The, the most surprising thing of last patch's dungeons is that they managed to make Holebreaker more boring than the first time around. <laughs> That was that's impressive. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot Hullbreaker was a dungeon in the well, last patch. What do you expect from Limsa? Come on. Yeah. Actually, no, the best part about that is that if you're Limsa, they call you by your grand company rank, which is really cool. I like that. Wow, you're really Uscredon, you're, you're really clutching at straws there, You know, one of those like little touches that they like they call you lieutenant. Do they do that for Halatali if you're Uldan? Oh, I don't know. I was gonna say I'm I'm Maelstrom, and I didn't even notice that, Nika. Anyway, so we're we're waiting for the uh, the Gradania training grounds now. 
Yeah, those will be great. I hope they pass on that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm that, from I mean, Gridania, and I don't want that. It makes sense that we'll get them eventually because no. we're pushing. No, we're pushing uh, that direction in the map. Can we just call Hawkman or that? It's an arts and crafts like study <laughs> session instead. It's, it's going to be <laughs> Hawkman extreme. Oh. So, uh, Diamelos, thoughts on uh, the dungeons? I do feel that they could be a bit more difficult, but the pacing is almost perfect. Like. I, I don't feel bored. Like, all of the other dungeons from 2.1 to 2.3, I just felt bored five minutes into the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Like, I was already done with it. I didn't even... I think I ran Expert Roulette maybe a total of ten times within the last patch because I just didn't care anymore. I wasn't interested in capping tomes. I really didn't like the dungeons, and the only reason I capped the first couple of weeks was because of Quapolis. Yeah. So what was, Reap was the worst pacing in the entire game. So I dreaded that dungeon the moment it was what are they doing here? Honestly, what are they doing here that they didn't do in other uh, dungeons? I mean, the trash pools don't have to be... Like, in, so I'll take Holebreaker as a big example, because that's a dungeon they've released in Heaven's Word. The trash pulls before the first boss have way more HP than anything you fight in the first boss. The hmm. trash before and after the first boss is harder than the boss itself. Hmm. And like the trash, should, I mean, that's what it is. It's trash. I mean, pull it, kill it right away. Like the difficulty shouldn't be in that. It should be in the boss fights. I mean, back yeah. in 2.0, uh, oh, uh, AK was a rite of passage, getting past Demon Wall. Right, yeah, Arboretum, it, it, Arboretum, the, the most challenging part of that entire dungeon is the pull after the first boss with all of the bees because okay. of Final Sting. Now, that's a little bit different, I feel like. I, I mean, feel it like, is. Like that's a th- you know thematic to that pull. What really gets me when going into dungeons is when the trash pull is like, pull a few, you gotta stop. Pull a few, you gotta stop. Pull a few, you gotta stop. Like, every yeah. time you keep making me stop like that, it just, it really takes me out of it, and it starts to drag. Right, yeah, the, and, uh, and, uh, the best example, I think the speak. best example of that was the, um, uh, the dungeon that, uh, has the Pirogo boss. For yes. The first one. I can't yes. think of, uh, the Wanderer's Palace? No. no. No, that one was uh, a good one. Anti-Tower. Anti-Tower, that's it, yeah. And, and, and again, Neverreap's another one that's, that's real guilty of it, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, Honestly, the artificial I, pacing, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Never Reap, I I would prefer Never Reap to any of the dungeons from 2.1 to 2.3. I like, can't even remember. Tractal is still my ones. favorite uh, <laughs> 60 dungeon. But speaking of Arboretum, you can actually cheese that B section. You just kill the walls and then just jump into the boss room. Like if the healer and yeah, you're yeah, on part, you can ignore all that trash. That, that, thank you, guy from six months ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think most people probably knew that. Well, see, what me and Justin like to do. A lot of people have do, trouble doing it whenever I get. What me and Juxta like to do is we will get it down to like maybe 15, 10%. <laughs> then we'll stop DPSing it until the healer and the tank die. And then we DPS it down really quick and run through. Okay. Yeah, it's Dick Ninja uh, uh, Chicken. Yeah. Ah, I see. I see. That explains why I die so commonly on that dungeon when I run with you Dick guys. Dick Ninja 101. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I mean, my first couple of runs uh, uh, through uh, the, the two dungeons, I, I mean, I've done Google twice. Twice now, and I mean, I just feel like I didn't get a whole lot out of that. Mm-hmm. I did like the way that the the boss fights were designed, uh, you know, with uh, uh, with the books and did you see uh, the, my favorite the la- book. Yes, the god damn, it. and it's and it's a sequel. There's two books. Yeah, that. there's two books. But we've actually heard that, the sto- that that story mentioned before. That's that that was put on the lodestone a while back. Yeah, one of them's say. a literary analysis yeah. of it. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. You're a little you're a little late to that one. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I, I mean the the final boss in Google was really cool. I liked. Uh, I, I just I like the the way that the Harry's character model is designed. Owl. Uh, yeah, it's sort of like uh, a chairwool. Cheryl, uh, it's sort of like an owl version of like a um, um, what do you would call? Uh, oh, those things that the pandemonium warden. Yes, exactly. What's that I called Nika? What, chair. Wait, which Divergers. one? Divergers. Divergers. Oh God, yes, I know. Yeah, that. it is. It's like a reskin version of those, except he's all big and and poofy instead of like and really an skinny owl. and and bony and demon. I That's think he's right. based off a, a Chinese. Tale about a owl that knows ten thousand facts or something like that. Yeah, there's I, also he, something like that in um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. There's an owl yeah, that guards that. That's uh, that what it made me think of too. Oh, okay. See, I think it was based off of those uh, Tootsie Pop commercials because I mean, <laughs> Mr. Owl. Yeah, I mean, exactly. everyone knows owls have the stereotype of being wise, even though real owls are not he, that wise. I really wanted him to go like while he was p- charging up a move, like one, one two, two, three. No, three. but that never happened. Yeah. It reminds me of the owl from the Secret of Nim. <laughs> Since we're all just naming random fucking you mean, owls. You mean you mean the owl that was voiced by uh uh oh Chris God. Reed? No, it was um Samuel fucking Jackson? Don uh God. Donald Trump? No. <laughs> Don Nuts? No. Don <laughs> Why do you guys do this? <laughs> it, 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 you, I had it and then you knocked me off. <laughs> Dom Irera, I think it was who uh, was who the voice of that. Don't one. know that guy. No, uh, I don't know that guy either. So anyway, the one people we said were better. Yeah, thanks, Don King. <laughs> Thank you for that. For saying something that is completely inaccurate just to throw me off. Awesome. What's up, Jack? Really cool. You're very welcome. Anyway. Uh, thanks for the call, Diane Lose. If you want to call Limit Break Radio, let us know what you think of Patch 3.4. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Biggest letdown of the dungeons, they just reuse dungeon gear. Ha! <laughs> yeah. So lame. What do you mean? Like the, the, the glamour. Yeah, like, like, well, yeah, glamour. But I mean, like the gear that you get. The, They're poopy looking. Yeah, it's uh, like the, I think the healer stuff is they reskin the cowboy looking crap. Good. Ugh. Good. Good. You know Good. why? We, we want new looking gear for the dungeons. Like some of the dungeons give really no, cool No, dungeons gear. should put out shit gear anyway. No. Well, it is always shitty gear, glamour, but it doesn't though? have to look shitty. No, why Why would? Why do you want to farm dungeons for a cool glamour piece because as opposed to, to farm, farm any, anyway for any tolls. other relevant content no, in this or any Nika's other worthwhile content? Nika's, I have to Nika's farm dungeons anyway for tomes. I want to get something out of it. Yeah, you do get something. A grand yeah, company seal. There's already Fuck. barely any reason to do it right now anyway. No, you have... Uh, uh, that's bullshit. That's total fucking bullshit. You've got to do dungeons every time you log in because you're doing expert roulettes and you're getting tomes. So as long as you're getting tomes, that should be the tome output. It should never put out any good-looking or relevant gear. Yeah. Ever. Are you kidding? It's a fucking... Ever. Ever. This is a library no. with rare Say, tomes. You're telling me it shouldn't have ancient, cool-looking gear in it? It should. Uh, uh, first of all, let's, let's at least have a fucking... Consistent dogma on the show because there it is pointless to put good-looking gear into dungeons when you have other things that don't output any gear at all. Put the good gear in shit like uh, Diadem. Put the good-looking gear in shit like Palace of the Dead. So give me a reason to do that in the first fucking place. Why can't all as a gear po- just look good? Oh my god! Why does there have to be shitty-looking gear? 
It's we all just grand company seals anyway. Who cares? That's that's uh, that's a subjective that a opinion. Not turning into you grand company seals. What you think looks like shit doesn't look like shit to somebody else, or may complete a glamour set. So don't be so fucking narrow minded. But I mean, it doesn't make any sense to put anything that looks even worth a goddamn out of dungeons because that's the content that everyone does on a regular basis anyway. Don't put anything relevant or good looking out of that. But there are some dungeons that actually have good looking gear and those are the pieces that never drop for me anyway. So still, I'm still farming for some old dungeons. So it's worth it. I would much it's, rather. Like, you, you don't I would always much, get the gear you want, even if it looks good. So who cares? I would it much be, rather have that gear placed into Palace of the Dead, so I have a reason to do Palace of the well, Dead. Apparently, the new treasure uh, Palace the, of the Dead's doing thing fine there right is now. actually really good now. That's great, but I'm just saying, like, there's no purpose to put good-looking gear into dungeons. That was the right move. Square Enix made the right move on that one. That was smart. What did they wait? What did they? I thought they weren't adding anything to Deep Dungeon until the like. No, no, a cursed hordes out. No, now. putting out. Uh, not. I'm saying putting ugly no, gear oh, no, no, into no, no, dungeons no, 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 was the right no, move. He said something about how yeah. they Deep Dungeons find right which now. Is a treasure chest. Yeah, system. the accursed horde chests are, are in there now. Right. What is that drop that suddenly made it? Everybody want to do it. Uh, tier four, gear, tier five, materials, and minions. Okay, and everyone, minions. just talk at once. I don't know what we're yelling about. Jesus. Everybody's yelling. <laughs> Oh, and no one talked. Great. <laughs> awesome. Tier four and five materials, the Adam minion and all the minions that are droppable from Aquapolis, uh, sort of glamour sets, including Thavnarian gear and the Moonfire set. And there'll be new stuff coming when two. And there's hits. an exclusive hairstyle. Yep. Good gear. Good stuff. And so all the stuff that's already in the game. Yeah. Okay. Right. Except an exclusive hairstyle and an exclusive minion. Okay. Those. So shit that I don't give a shit about. It's Gil. Yeah, you it's all in the auction house. It's good money. <laughs> Except now it's all those things that were super expensive. It's now bombed the prices. So who cares? The hair's like five, ten mil. Oh, you can actually oh, the sell the really hair. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. see, no reason to go in there. Just buy it. Shut up. Because I, I have so. ten I mil just laying so around. Ah, Callow, the self-fulfilling prophecy. I, Come I, to life. I dropped twenty mil on daggers. So <laughs> God. So please give me your gill making secrets. Oh wait, you don't have any. Yeah. No. Oh, I make He's got 20 million. He just yeah, dropped that stupid dagger. He says, meet someone who who has their own ways of making gill and take their gill. That's, yeah, that's his the that's There you go. Oh, if it's so easy, do it, Nika. Yeah. Clearly, it's not. Anyway, uh, so I, again, I, I think that that is the smart move. Take, uh, take anything that even looks remotely good or awesome out of the fucking dungeons and put them in content that's worth doing and take you know like uh, that was that was the thing that never made sense about the randomized appearance out of gear that comes out of diadem right like i that if that had a static appearance and had randomized stats that i could understand but having a static appearance is is important for funneling people into doing that that have an interest in glamour You've got to, I mean, you've got to look at the motivation. Stat is part of the motivation, but glamour is also a definite Mm -hmm. big part of motivation. And if you want to get people out of their comfort zone and out of the ruts that they've worked themselves into of only logging on to do their, uh, their dungeons and then to do once a week, uh, you know, the, the, uh, void arc raid, you know what I mean? Like get them out of their patterns and put the cool stuff that people want. And you know that people are going to want into content that's not as traffic as often i mean that's a small change that you don't even have to like readjust the reward structure to start doing now 
And it's smart that that Square Enix did that. I'm glad that some of the glamour that comes out of those dungeons looks like crap. Well, speaking to the uh, the the Diadem thing, the big thing that fucked them there was the way they did the randomized glamour. Was it was a glamour unto itself? So even right. if you got a cool glamour but shitty stats, doesn't matter. You're not going to use it because you exactly. can't glamour it onto something. That's right. Yeah, it, it, it was. It, it didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole system made zero sense. But I do think that that would probably be more appropriate for dungeon gear. If your dungeon gear had an, a, a randomized appearance, like people would just use it for stats, and that's the only thing that they would care about. And, and again, I do think that that's important, uh, an important factor to, fa- uh, to, to consider when talking about what motivates people to get into certain events. I, I mean, I, I, would you have been half as motivated to get into salvage if that gear didn't look as great as it did? Salvage? Yeah, that was like the best gear. That that's it, it the the stats were great. It was it was great looking, but I mean like I wanted it for both of those qualities. And and, and even even after and the lust. Even after the stats were, you know, no longer relevant, I still wanted that design cuz it was a badass body design. That doesn't happen in FF14 ever anywhere no. in any form or fashion and I think that 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 bo- that part of it bothers me. That but <laughs> yeah. that that part of the game in general bothers me cuz I think it takes something away from the spirit of MMOs that that you know uh is a big factor in people's motivation. Absolutely does. Uh let's talk about Squadron. Um <sighs> so good yet so not what is it i haven't i've not touched this at all what what is this this is what happens all right so basically this you're gonna have to actually do squadron to get your next grand company rank up okay so you're gonna have to get into it great so you go talk to the npc you get signed up for it and as you do things i thought it was just tied to the challenge log but juxta seems to think that he got a recruit after completing void arc which unless you completed like the uh, maybe like the commendation commendation yeah maybe anyway. i mean i don't stand by so it, as you do the challenge log you'll get a message that say there's a there's a new recruit at your squadron okay so you go there you talk to your new recruit and it's, it's essentially exactly what it sounds like you have like a squad room and you are training a new elite group of adventurers to sort of be like you know the future generations warriors of light or whatever right so you start out by sending them out on like little missions like border patrol or city patrol or stuff like that the first one's only an hour but every single mission whether it is you're you know taking a military courier somewhere you're patrolling the town or you're going out and scouting out beastman stronghold locations every single mission is 18 hours so it's really cool at first to get all these you know people showing up and you get to look at like the little profile. They got names, classes, which you can actually change, and reasons why they joined, which for the most part are pretty meh. Oh, you inspired me. Yeah, they're me. all about you are magical and amazing and mm. boost your ego. The best one is the Makote chick that I have that says, I work hard and play hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and so basically you send them on the missions and they get XP similar to what your uh, your retainers do. And so far, the few missions that I have available, it's all just XP. And the way that it determines if you succeed on these missions is you have a combination of like strength, uh, mental and tactical, mental and tactical, three stats, and, and each ones have different amounts of them. So you have an overall squad stat, right? And mm. each mission has certain requirements for it. So you can see like, you know, what the chances are that you're going to succeed in this mission. And you can train those stats up as well, but only up to a maximum. So you send them out and they come back and they level up. And so far, that's all I can see on the few that I have available is it's just XP to level them up. 
and it's a really cool idea. And the fact that you have like your own personal like, you know, hit squad is really awesome. And you can fire people and hire new ones. And I'm doing my challenge log just so I can see who else I can get. But the fact that it's like a hit it and quit it. You go and you're like, all right, 18 hours go. I'll come back tomorrow for five minutes to send you on another one. It's like when er, the early days of doing retainers, kind yeah. of, where you're yeah. just like, yeah. all right, yeah. oh, yeah, retainer, I get, send I them get, out. I get to dress up my paper doll and then send mm. them on vague missions you, to... You don't get to dress them up. No. No, no. They, they come in wearing No, but, but with retainers, yes. You but your uh, squadron mates, when they level up, they'll get new armor. Oh, okay. See, that's cool, mm-hmm. but I wish that, that there was something that was a little bit more active about it. Like, like if the mission determined how long it was, like Courier Patrol... Two, three hours. Fine. Beastman scouting, 18 hours. Okay, that's cool. But the fact that I'm only going there one time a day for five minutes to send them back out again, it's I feel such like it, a miss. Well, you can go multiple times a day if you're doing the regiment training before you send them out. But that's just training. And no, no. And actually, once your stats are maxed, you're because I'm at uh, squad attributes, 200, 200. Can't do regiment training anymore. But you can do the comprehensive training to get a level up. Yep, you can do the one where you change stats at all and they get XP for that. Yeah. Oh, is, did you have to buy the book with uh, points from the Grand no, Company? No, 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 no. All the, there's the seven, there's seven different trainings you can do, and then one of them doesn't give any stat changes. Mm-hmm. It just gives them XP, and oh, that I one might, you can do. Okay, I might have missed that. Then. Yeah, but so you can still do that. Still, but, it's, yeah. it's not the same. Like Having to send them up for 18 hours on a mission just seems so lame. I don't know. I think it's just nice that something you can just... Hey, I remember to do this once a day. Go it just it, it just it feels like another version of retainers. Yeah, and it's something that could be way more fun, especially if going forward, you know, they let you they let you call them similar how you can call your chocobo, you know, to come out and fight with you or your talk- 1.0 companion. Mm. Mm. <laughs> They've talked several times about the idea of being able to fill in slots like when you're in dungeons or doing parties yeah. with some type of NPC. I sort of do feel like this this looks to be like a solo option for and there is, there stuff is, moving forward. There is so much precedent set by FF11 with uh what were they Trusts. called? With trust. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think this is meant to be eventually. I mean I I, I think you know the 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 thing that they've said about this system is that the intention is yes eventually you are going to be able to take your squadron into mm-hmm. some kind of battle arena with you but i think that this is designed to help alleviate the problem of people queuing up for something that is outside of the normal path mm-hmm. deviating from the path of what what most of the community is doing for content and is able to uh, you know people are able to do that content without having to wait yeah. Two and a half, three and a half, four a hours in a, in, a, in a queue to be able to mm-hmm. do that. You're right. I do think that that's a good idea, um, you know, the, depending on the AI. And that's the thing is that, you know, a lot of these battles that we could potentially bring them in for, you know, they're pretty challenging battles and they require a lot of reaction time mm-hmm. on the part of people. And, and the thing that you're counting on in that is mistakes like the the things that that, you know if everyone could run everything perfectly we we would do everything you know all of these fights would happen the first time without an issue the idea is that the various uh, you know the the various and mounting mistakes that we make in the course of these fights is what contributes to the wipe or the death and that being the main focus of how the game works mechanically makes me wonder how the computer could possibly begin to fight itself i don't i don't i don't see them being able to be any help on actual fights that require specific mechanics that just doesn't seem right but being able to fill in like a dps slot or something 
Maybe. I want to see their meteor placement on T9. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, you're not you're not wrong. Right. Like, I, you know, like that's that's one of the things is like if we're going to, you know, if we're going to let AI have a degree of control, then what are we I mean, really, like, what are we giving up and where does the challenge exist? Because either the AI is going to do every mechanic perfectly and it's going to rely on you, whether you fail or succeed on the mechanic. And then at that point, like. Why not? Why wouldn't everyone just go in as a fucking tank all the time to everything? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. No. Here's how well, they I mean, should well, do. Well, in eleven, the NPCs got hit by all the AOEs, didn't they? They never moved. Oh, they sucked. Yeah. You, just, but... you had to rely on your healing to heal them. I, I don't think this magical yeah. world of them doing mechanics would would ever come to pass. I think helping in dungeons mechanical wise, they'd be shit on. They would just stand and stuff. Yeah. No. Here's what they should do. They should make it so you send in your platoon uh, or your squadron of four people, and then you're the fifth person, but you can't damage anything you just tell them what to do so it's like an rts we have to like micromanage every single one of them but let's not forget at the previous final or at the previous fan fest they had actually said from a development standpoint most of the underpinnings of final fantasy 14 are based on ff12 FF and the gambit system so as asian cajun just said in the chat you know uh we need gambits for them gambits on the fly that's actually something that uh, that is feasible and knowing that that is the potential AI system that they could assign to it does that change your opinion because those those NPCs in 12 that you would assign you know different uh, different gambit uh, um, steal above 90% uh, stuff to you know like they in general their AI was way better than trusts ever were in FF11 so you know if that's the AI basis that you're using does that change your opinion about uh, about the, the system moving forward I don't think so yeah, I mean, if you could set gambits for them that would be pretty nice it's but it's not even that because what you have to realize is that every single like fight like if you try to take them into remu prime you have to be able to tell them like okay if you get a spark on you run to this section and somebody with a circle make sure that you're there and, but some of these fights i mean we're going to be at the point where we're level 70 you know some of these some of the mechanical aspects of these fights may not matter as much true and and the biggest part is making sure that you get enough to fill out the roles of the party i mean a lot of people go in and solo these yeah, uh, as I it think, is. I think that these will never, ever be a viable option for relevant content. So when you think of it, it's going to be someone okay. who oh, wants yeah. to solo no, I think old you're right. content. Right. So if it's someone that wants to go back and solo old content, you're going to be higher than the level anyway, which means your trust slash squadron will be higher than the level also. Okay. And it's not going to matter as much if they eat mechanics. Take a pug, unsynced, full group into Ramu and see how many times you wipe because they well, don't do phases, the mechanics yeah. because you push yeah. phases. Same thing with Leviathan. Same thing for, for, for T9. Moogle Moogle-mog, yes. So there are certain mechanics that I just don't think that even if they introduced a gambit system, they'd have to put in specific gambits yeah, tailored for specific fights. You have to not kill the Moogle. You have to switch target. Okay. If that's the case, then what's the point of any of this long term? I mean, it just seems like right now it's another retainer system. No, you're right. You know, right now it, it is you're just absolutely. doing ventures. And if yep. they if they added it as some form of battle content, what would that look like? I, I, I think that's what I'm trying to answer right now. That's in my head that, you know, what what you could possibly yes. do with a system like that. But I mean, I guess I'm just throwing it out there. If the if the system is intended to be expanded on, what does that reasonably look like? And what 
what could we reasonably expect to take these NPCs into? I think that's the key word is reasonably. What we're envisioning right now with these gambits, that would be like a perfect system where we don't need people anymore. Even if they did have like It's not a even five- a perfect system. That is right. the underpinnings of the game that exists already. I mean, the idea of going in with no actual people and shipping NPCs that can do everything for you. Right. That way you okay. don't have to worry see, about my, shitheads. See, I mean, what Nika. I was thinking about is that the one thing I would want is like there are some dungeons that are level 50 or 60 that are really, really long or hard to solo as just a DPS or just a tank or just a healer. Because And I want the cards. I want to farm the triple triad cards. So if I can just go in as a DPS and take one NPC as a healer who can just heal me the entire time so I can solo farm the cards, that's all I want. And I don't that, need someone who's going to take me through relevant dungeons. We're not talking about relevant dungeons. Exactly, so I'm saying so they don't have to have to know when you get spark, come stand over here or move out of the way. Like, if they can just heal me through a dungeon, I'm good. They don't yeah. need harder if, AI than that. I, I get I get, what, I get, what Nika's saying. Yes. Like, yes, I, you, which, at some point, we're going to out-level the content so much anyway that, you know, really, these are just going to be a bridge in between having to do it, having to do the content as a group and before we can possibly solo them. It's just, I don't know where that line is right now. Like, I don't yeah. know what, you know, like, it seems like there's a lot that is soloable as it exists and my question is like what purpose does this serve if faster okay faster yeah maybe sure but i mean right now as as it exists you can go in you know uh with a with you know just dps and a healer and Mm -hmm. do almost any dungeon but that involves finding someone else who wants to like because i have to pull certain's teeth to get him to help me farm tried cards because you're going to go through the entire dungeon it's still probably going to be like 10 minutes you're not necessarily going to get the card yeah but I don't have to waste someone else's time and I can just take an NPC with me. That's all I want. Poor senpai. I, I just I, having to deal with Nico. I mean, I guess I guess that there is probably stuff that you when you try to solo, it doesn't go very well or it's very slow and this would speed up the process. OK, I guess I can see that. I guess I could see that. But I, I just, I, you know. It doesn't seem like a big enough hole in the game to need an entire system to fill. I agree. No, I agree there. And as it's standing right now, it just it looks so small. So even if they do plan on filling that hole with this system, I still feel like there's so much more potential to it. You know, you you, you said if if you're not going to be using it in some battle way right what does it bring to the game right okay yeah what they could do is if they start expanding on some of these you know like like characters and if they had you i think more engaged in what they're doing and you were going there more often they could start setting up like little narratives on the side because i think that's what i want is to sort of get to know my squad members better because when i when it first came out and i was doing challenge logs and so that there's some other people in the guild doing them we're like you know saying back and forth oh i got this person named this and this and this and that and someone's like i got someone named Cohen brita i think that's you know uh nika's <laughs> nika's cosplay version of moon brita it's, she, she can't let go Cone brita it was like it was moon brita but with a k instead of an m so Coon like coon brita yeah whatever <laughs> racist and that's <laughs> racist as shit it's just a really racist moon breed is what it is and it was a female <laughs> rogadin awkward uh, yeah yeah, yeah so i i think just the idea of like recruiting your you know your people and training them up and being able to like show them off against other people even if they came up with something like where you can put squads up against each other just being able to brag about what your squads have accomplished and stuff i don't know man I, it, it well, I, I think i think the the most sense for it to make is that eventually you would be able to use it with battle content yeah. and actually narnon i think actually kind of encapsulated the point perfectly who says what is the point of squadrons if i'm a warrior i already solo everything well Kappa. that's great for the 
the you know 15% of the game that is warriors but what about every other class at that level that should be able to solo what you are able to do on warrior level warrior that, that is the the that's your content that's that's the space that this content sort of falls into well, and Again, on, I just question whether that space is big enough. Well, and based on when this content's coming out, I wouldn't be surprised if some if an event in 4.0 makes use of squadrons. Yes, true. Maybe. But what about the idea of um, not necessarily as you're leveling, but you know when you get to max level, and let's say there's still some things you have to do, like fates. Right? Nobody does fates like they used to. I mean, yokai might have helped a little bit and tomorrow certain cases nobody cares good no good good yeah thank, thank fucking god Actually, yes, i'm happy about ending because now there's gonna be less people with the uh hq mount yes you and your Which glowy goes, scooty puff jr i said there won't be less people because they're not getting rid of their mounts it'll be the same amount of people no because if it lasted longer more people could get them but you said there'll be less people with the mount there's already people with mount. semantics oh my gosh who cares? Seriously. I am one day away from having not done a fate for the duration of the yokai event. Was that really that difficult to stay away from fates? <laughs> no. Okay, good. But I'm really happy about it. All right, fair enough. But anyway, I think that's also part of that whole is there are certain things, you know, if someone's going back and doing a relic, if someone's trying to get an achievement, um, right. you know, whatever, there are fates out there that not even just, you know, the one big baddie, but, you know, even just smaller ones. That if you're trying to do without anybody there, you're just getting wrecked. Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. You're right. That uh, that is definitely true. So uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how Squadron ends up panning out long term. I hope okay. I just don't have I, I don't have a whole lot of expectation for it is all no here's, i don't either here's my problem with it we're back to classes you know like the two jobs that were added in heaven's ward dark knight astrologian they get shafted because you can't get them because they don't have classes okay eh. is that it's a problem well, going forward like everything yoshi keeps saying is like we need to like they're moving away from the class system the, yeah, I think that's in relation to us, the players. Our squadrons having classes, big deal. Archer. Well, I mean, I whatever. don't. I Maybe mean, at level thirty, you'll be able to swap them. Ugh. I mean, I think that that's what we implied from the last expansion, but I don't think he's ever said that they want to move away from classes. I mean, if you, if no, you, no, I think they did. They said they didn't like the whole armory system. They said that a long time ago. I thought really. Because that's what that was supposed to be the whole basis of fourteen, wasn't it? In one point, was when it started, but Yoshi P doesn't like it. Uh, okay, fair enough. That's what I thought. I thought that that was all Takata. I mean, it has all. Uh, you mean Tanaka or Tanaka? Uh, <laughs> uh, t- Takata. That's how much I remember. <laughs> God, Takito. God damn Tequila. airbags. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, I I don't know. I uh, it. I mean, you're not upset you can't get a Dark Knight squad no. member. I, I, I'm, well, I, don't I guess you don't care about give anything. a shit about any of this stuff. Until, no, I really they don't. They start giving him worthwhile rewards. Like, see, that's the thing. They actually said that worthwhile rewards would come from this. Could be. I mean, right now they're just getting experience, so we'll have to wait and see. Well, the worthwhile reward is the rank. Up. The rank up. Oh my God, Yoshi! <laughs> but I swear to. I do enjoy him putting a rank up behind something that like might actually take I some guess. time to do. Yeah, I mean, it's just dumb that it's this. I got to level fifty. I no, I went. I got to level fifty and went from starting rank to max rank in a day. And like, who cares, right? Mm. I don't know. I, I mean, when you do think about it, though, the armory system has a lot of limiting factors. Yeah, to it. yeah. All I, I know- mean, again, it, you know, we I think we see this 
a lot right now theorizing about the new job that's supposed to be added because both of the theories point to sword wielding classes and then when you when you go yeah but how does that work in terms of the armory system either they have to make a different type of sword that is exclusive to that class Rapiers. or they have to change the fundamental underpinnings of the entire system which doesn't make a whole lot of sense so it's more likely that you know if we do get another sword wielding class that it's going to be scimitars or some kind of you know some offshoot uh, a rapier or you know something that is sword like but mm-hmm. not uh called a sword yeah exactly um so i don't know it Mm, could be all right. Uh, let's talk about Sophia, because uh, this is one part that I have not been able to get to yet. Super excited about it. I've liked all of the uh, story that's been associated with it so far. I'm uh, very curious to find out more about uh, uh, ukulele. Uh, you know, I, it's it, this is I, I feel like this is one of the areas in the game. That has a lot of mystery doesn't have a whole lot of exposition surrounding it. You've got one character that's basically the gatekeeper of all of the lore and all of the information, and he doesn't want to tell you the ends that you're working towards. That to me is a really interesting storyline. That to me is a really interesting narrative because that gives the potential. And I think that this is something that I want out of the MSQ or maybe from the story overall is that it gives the potential of having that moment where a big revelation is is brought forward and you go and it and it suddenly it suddenly uh puts the rest of the story into a different light you know what i mean like i i love when a story can do that and do it well now obviously when it goes bad it really goes bad (laughs) but if a story can do that well and that usually takes planning and and takes some kind of forethought uh, to be able to throw that that kind of curveball in there, and it used to be something that Square Enix, from a narrative standpoint, I think was really good at getting those little twists that make you go, "Oh shit!" That just made me see the entire game differently. FF Nine was one of those. You got yeah. to the end, and you're like, "Oh shit!" This just why changed. does everyone look like me all of a sudden? Right? Yeah. Oh, spoilers. So you know, like. <laughs> I, I I don't think that that has happened yet in the most satisfying way with FF14 because every punch has felt pulled in terms of the narrative yeah. impact. Or not even punches thrown. It's just, oh, this is exactly how it's progressing. It, it, or, yes, or things are exactly as they seem. Yeah. I think that no one, you know, it seems like people don't have as many hidden motivations as we thought. You know, like we got we got a big reveal. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't want to spoil, but we got a big reveal uh, in terms of one of our long-standing characters and their motivations in this patch. Mm-hmm. It didn't make me look back at the actions that Urianje had taken and cast them in a different light. It just made me go, "Oh yeah." Yeah, that all is that makes sense. That's about right. Okay, yeah, sure. Right. Out. That and it was just the most base reading of you know what I mean? Like it was just the most base interpretation. Like, yes, he had machinations that were going on behind the scenes and shit like that, but there was nothing that made me go, Oh, so that's the thing. And I kinda wait for that moment. I had a little bit of it during the Alexander reveal with the horn 
had a little bit of it. I was like, oh, but then after I thought about it, it sort of made me realize like that. That's a bit of a retcon. Mm -hmm. And and it was and it took some of the impact out of it. But do you, I mean, do you, do you guys know the narrative device that I'm talking about where, you know, something will happen and it will make the the, yeah, the, the previous events, you know, you see them in a different fight light. Fight Club? Would you kindly? Yes, Fight Club. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. But we shouldn't talk about that. Charlotte's Bi Web. Bi yeah, Bioshock. Exactly. That moment has never happened in FF14, at least not one that I can totally remember that I would cling on to. Because that's one of my favorite things just from a narrative standpoint. What about the Sultana's death? That was a very, very base <laughs> reading of that. It was very, everything is as it seems. There was no body double. You Are know, you okay? like, you know, we go, we, we that, that's part of the fun of the conspiracy uh -huh. theory is like seeing how far that shit can go into the weeds. But then like the truth of it is way more insane than anything that we could have come up with. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That or, or like, like the gut wrenching, like, like when someone dies, like, like the, the one time that it happened. So it's Sultana, but nobody believed it. And then the few times that it has happened, like with Moonbrita, nobody gives a shit. Who? Uh Exactly. That that's that is personally. Oh, did you mean Harchifant? <laughs> yeah, I guess people care right. about that. Like, I, 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 I did. It was surprising. But he's the only. It's, it's but like he's the only it. one. It, it, but Yuri Anze cared about Moonbreda. Damn it! <laughs> so much. No, clearly he did. Shrek's doll. There hasn't been <laughs> that moment in the story. The, the, the one that came closest was was Yasale, because I didn't see it coming. Okay, like I agree with that. I'm that one still torn up about Yasale. And then the fact that Yasale was a I'm I'm just gonna say Yasale was a gut punch that was delivered with almost perfect execution. Yes, mm -hmm. no remorse. Yep. So not, good. I'm not convinced she's dead. So good. I could, I, no, I, I could see I, her then bring her back somehow. If they but. if they brought her back, it would ruin it. But I'm just saying, she, her body was she, she disappeared into either. I'm she's just dead. saying that was to me that was one mm -hmm. of the high points of this narrative. Also, Estinian turning into Nidhogg. That was cool too. But I'm I'm still I I need a point. Like I I need like at the end of this expansion, like go, going into the next one, like. Alice needs to bite it, and it's Elfenau's fault. Oh my god. Yes. Or vice versa. <sighs> I'd rather have Alice. Well, as a character, I'd rather have Alice too, but I feel like it would it would be more powerful because we've been with Elfenau longer. And for him to end two expansions on failure, I think would and then he's the villain in the next one. I just I, I want to spend a, a a second talking about some of the predictions that we've made on this show. Um <laughs> First of all, Juxta, I think this was your prediction that only if it's true <laughs> at the end of Heaven's Word that we would basically like the entirety of the Heaven's Word storyline would be us recreating the Scions, and that at the end of it we would just have a slightly different group of friends, hmm. right? That's, like that that was that would that was definitely I remember yeah. that prediction. In, yeah. in a way that's not entirely off base. Like it's, it's not wrong. It's the same Scions, but. We're all we had figured we had figured that our last acquisition was going to be Minfilia, and then Minfilia would sit at the head of the organization. That ends up not happening. That that expectation got subverted a little bit, mm -hmm. which I think is I think the way that they did that was very good. But 
Because I think that even well, yeah, I don't, no spoilers yet. But but now, well, but now you have you have Alpha Note, who is you know he's been kind of primed for that position throughout two patches, right? Like we we saw him in his organizational uh, skills, being able to put the Crystal Braves together and being able to run them for a little bit until. Uh, until kind of. until he didn't. Well, no. <laughs> until when he started making the Crystal Braves and gave him the blue y- uniforms. At that point, he basically lost control. Well, he was he he, he didn't do idea. he didn't do his due diligence and he didn't vet all of the people that he were letting that he was letting in. To that, was be fair, that was probably even the biggest Raul, problem. Even Raubon was surprised at Ilbert's betrayal. Yeah, I mean, he lost an arm in the in the collateral damage. Yeah. I think that you know. That would have been avoided if he had seen it coming. If he wouldn't have had a hand in it. Ah, I see what you did there. Uh, maybe ah. maybe just keep um, Raban's friends at arm's length. Just <laughs> just one arm. Uh. Well, no, you could actually get two arm's lengths because you can pick up the severed arm and then extend that out, actually, and there that, you get two arm's lengths. That would actually be a lot longer than a normal arm's length, so Raban has uh, the upper hand here. <laughs> Jeez. I would have. I would have loved to see. I would have loved to see Raubon pick up his severed arm and just start beating Elbert <laughs> with it. Like you son of a bitch, you may have cut my arm off, and I'll fucking kill you. Uh, but now I have the upper hand. <laughs> I'd like to see Raubon use more hand-based puns. Like, like you know that shocked reaction face that everyone had when 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 he lost his arm. It would be like like you would have to. Put the programming up to double that for the reaction for like just like everyone's just like god damn god damn because he had like a spiky shoulder pad on that arm so it's perfect for a weapon <laughs> I'm sure the shoulder pad fell off with no shoulder to connect it to oh uh, god no but I it, it's it's interesting that it, you know yes we did end up rebuilding the scions that was pretty obvious that 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 was going to be the goal throughout the entirety of 3.0 with the way that you're sort of cast at the end of 2.55 but what i didn't expect was uh new outfits well the new out well not actually in a in a way i think i uh, that's that was a pretty reasonable expectation we hadn't seen any of those characters get a visual update since 1.0 so yeah i think that that giving that that was the perfect opportunity to be able to give them uh a uh, a graphical update and it is remarkably close to you know yeah we were tasked each patch with going and finding one of our old compatriots and throughout four patches we had found four old compatriots to rebuild the scions it's just we didn't get the 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 leader that we thought we were going to get instead the person who has been priming himself for leadership is the one who seats himself at the at the head of the organization but then does something that's important and this shows his character growth as he says look we're all going to work as individuals we're all going to be working uh in our own way to further the end goal instead of dictating orders down from on high that like he tried to do with the crystal braves so I think that y- you've now seen an eventual growth of Alfie Node into the leader that he was always kind of maybe destined to be. Uh, so I think that there's just, you know, there's there's a lot of really cool, cool movement that's happening here at the end. But it's 
I'm, I'm su- again, I'm just surprised by how how much we were right on uh, with uh, how much I was right. I was going to say, oh, now it's we. Yeah, we yeah, right. now it's we. with the overall arc of uh, of the patch. So, uh, real quick, we're running out of time here, but I do want to talk about Wondrous Tales because this has been a big deal. A lot of people have really liked this edition. Basically, you're going to be doing old content. I mean, yep, you get a book and wanting six, to help new people to do it. Yeah, right. You get a book with 16 goals in it, different events that you have to go do, and you get bonuses if you help new people do it at the same time. And the rewards are pretty decent. Yeah, they're not bad. They're uh, that take body, I want it so fucking bad. Uh, it's so good, and it has five auto meld, no fail spots. Just, oh my just God. buy it. You know, (laughs) well, materia slotting, I think, is going to be a big deal moving forward. I think that, you know, a lot of the more powerful pieces you're going to see are going to have the ability to meld more onto it. And that's going to be. But usually over melds will have a chance of destroying. This is five meld with no chance. Exactly. Exactly. That's going to be again. That's going to be a big deal and a big factor with people gearing up for the end of this patch. And I think that that's been one of the things that's been overlooked is how much materia is going to now be playing a role in our uh, gear optimization moving forward. The one complaint that I have about Wondrous Tales, because that was like one of the main things I was doing on patch day, was I'm like, oh, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. But once you get your nine, uh, your, your nine little stamps, it's basically basically like Stickers. playing like Thank bingo. You. It's it's bingo. Yeah. Is what it is. Okay. Um, when you complete something, a sticker will randomly plop down on your little bingo board. And uh, if you get one line, you get a prize. If you get two lines... You get uh, another prize, which so is like a 100K. Tier, tier one is 500 uh, Poetics uh, Elegant uh, or, or Platinum, piece. Platinum piece. Yep. Tier two is uh, two Makai Matter or one Makai uh, Demi Matter. Yep. Uh, tier three is 200 Scripture or two MGP Platinum cards, which are normally 50K each. And tier four is a piece of the I2 uh, 250 crafted gear. Yep. But this is only for this week. Like next week's rewards are going to be different. And it changes. Mm -hmm. So that, I think, is a big... It's a big thing that Square Enix needed to have in their game to try to encourage daily activities a little bit more. And this is a great fucking way to do it. It's a great start. Because you can basically get everything done within, like, one or two days. Right. Like, I mean, I was going pretty hard that first night, and then I finished up one thing the next day, and then I'm like... Well, that I'm was done. cool. I wanna. I actually. I. I. I'd like to do more of this. Well, I mean, if, if they could find a way to elongate it, yeah, to to last the whole week, I think that that would be pretty cool. That'd be cool, but I mean, as it is now, you've already got roulettes and Alexander that you're going to have to do every week. Now you're going to add Wondrous Tales onto but that. But what's nice about Wondrous Tales is it's not its own event. You could take this concept and be able to apply it to anything in the game, and it's an extra incentive to be logging on each day doing sure. stuff. Yeah, it's just a reason to do the stuff that you would normally do. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's- which which seems dumb. Give us a reason to do yeah. what we normally do, but near the end of patch cycles, that's a big problem. Yeah. So none of and none of us are doing Bismarck Extreme anymore, but no. that's on my yeah. card. And so I'm going to look for someone who needs it, who's new, and take a group of people and go through it. But like, let's not let's not pretend that like this is the very first time that they've ever done something like this. A lot of the, the weekly quests. Well, no, a lot of the activities that were, that are associated with uh, with continuing to power up your relic weapon mm-hmm. were uh, you know uh, ways to refocus people and refunnel people back into older. Right, but content. this is a way that they don't have to come up with a new like weekly quest exactly. or something every single time. 
time because yes. they, all they have to do is add the new trials into this once they become irrelevant. It is a much more modular version of that that can be changed and mm-hmm. uh, and modified uh, from week to week without, as you said, Nika, uh, having to find a new an entirely new uh, weapon or an, an entirely new reason to do it. It sort of rotates, and I think that that's smart. And, and they can I, always add new prizes too. In exactly, future. exactly, and I and I think that this is encouraging. That this is one of the most encouraging systems that I've seen come out of Square Enix and Final Fantasy 14 since we've identified the problem of motivation and getting players to do things that they wouldn't normally do. This is perfect. Yeah, this I, is exactly the 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 the, uh, the template that we needed moving forward. I got Bahamut turn nine on mine this week. There was no chance I'd have done turn nine otherwise. Look at that. Yeah. Did you do it? Yeah. And you finished it. Yeah. Okay, in, look at that. In before they never change the rewards. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, we are getting close to uh, the end of the show here, guys. Uh, I want to thank everyone for calling in. We're going to go one more time to our phone lines and talk to Zero Ash and Zari from Midgar Summer. What's up, Zero? Not much. I wanted to get a or give a different perspective to the main story quest because I'm a 2.0 player and not a 1.0 player. Okay. Here. Hearing you guys talk about how certain characters existed in the 1.0 that carried over to the 2.0, a lot of that is lost on me as a 2.0 player. Sure. So my connection to the Scions is not as long as your guys's, but it's much more intense, especially with the bittersweet ending of uh, this set of the MSQ that we got. Sure. Sure, and that's understandable. That's definitely understandable. Uh, you know, I, I think I think that there was a lot in this patch that gave a good wink and nod to 1.0 players. I think you know, even in the Warriors of Darkness storyline, uh, even though it's not a, a definitive 100% one-to-one connection where you can like, you know. Look at the, you know, look at the cutscenes that they were in and then be able to tell where that happened in there. You know, like, no, there's there. There's definitely some interpretation that needs to go along with it. But I do think in the way that they had sent off the one point uh, or the uh, Warriors of Darkness and the way that they had talked about the first world, that that was an allegory for one point that. These were mm-hmm. these these are the you know that these players were the baggage that we carried with us from 1.0, and I think that that's an important. Well, I thing. never looked at it that w- way. Where where when you when when the characters are talking about the first world and and watching that first world fall, they're not talking about the world before the calamity. They're actually talking about 1.0 as a game. And and the allegory there is pretty clear. Guys, it's done. We're done with it. We're going to move on to a new phase of this game. And guess what? It's going to be fucking awesome. That's what I walked away from those scenes feeling we got to put to bed those 1.0 characters we even got to put to bed one one of the one of the biggest characters that drove that brought us over from 1.0 to 2.0 i bet minfilia it it it, (laughs) it was it was a very profound and important scene and it actually i think it had importance for both 1.0 players and 2.0 players. I walked away from that scene, though, thinking, since they did mention the prophecy said there was 14 worlds, right? Yes. So when she called their world the first, then I expected her to turn to us and say, and children of the... 
and let us know what number world R was because I really want. Well, yeah, to we know. didn't get our number. No, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> no, but it's six. Should I say what we are? What? They said that we were the source. Yeah, they but does that mean we're none of the 14? Huh? I thought we were the source for the first world's like light and dark opposition. No, we we are literally the source. The, the source, source world. world. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Patient zero. We're, we're source prime or mm. world prime. World prime. Mm. I don't know. I, we should I'm, have been nine. I, I don't know. know. I, but we should have been. I don't know. I don't know that that's true. I don't know that that's accurate. We're going to have to get Athesa on. Athes. I know they do talk Come about us week. being the source. I just don't know what that means. Yeah, exactly. They're, I mean, they're, Maybe it could be the 14th because we're FF14. It could be. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, there's a lot of different worlds that we could end up, uh, you know, any of the 14 in there. Remember but, that no spoiler show we were going to do that one time? <laughs> Man. Hey, we didn't, we didn't talk about No, it's not. This is, yeah, this is not. This uh, was in the prophecy we read like multiple, yeah, multiple passages. This, this, this goes back to the Gay Room Chronicles <laughs> and all of those. None of us understood. Um, and now we're starting to make sense. Exactly. Yes. We are starting to make sense of it. But again, I do think that that was a very strong allegory for 1.0. And that, you know, when they're talking about the destruction of the first world and all of those, oh, we had the warriors of darkness remembering the people that they lost. That to me was 1.0 players remembering the times that they had in 1.0 and the people that they had played with in 1.0 that have that we've lost that we've lost to either disengagement or they've quit or they didn't make the jump from 1.0 to 2.0 i thought it was a very poignant moment and one of my favorites that ff14 has ever produced or they were going out to the shroud and probably got ambushed by tonberries and stabbed like 17 times mm. or, or they're the 1.0 companion yeah that's what i'm talking about <laughs> oh, she okay. died from tonberry stabbage oh that's a rough way to go i know Anyway, uh, thanks, guys, for the calls. We appreciate it. Zero, we appreciate the call uh, and uh, appreciate the perspective as a 2.0 player, uh, as well as all of your other calls today. We are just about out of time, but we got to check in with what's going on in the FFFL. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to your Week 8 FFFL update. We saw one of the craziest weeks of trading on record as GM Juxtaposition put his team's phone bill through the roof. He swung an almost unspeakable eight trades this week and swapped out his entire roster. Wait a minute. Rather than go through each and every move made, here's the summary. The Verminion Lords, sponsored by Honest Skuros Cockring Emporium, acquired Godbird off waivers via a trade with Beambo USA. Beambo gets Shantoto in exchange. The Verminion Lords, sponsored by Kooky Antivirus and Firewall Protection, acquired Hildebrand off waivers via a trade with Titans Banana Hammocks. The Verminion Lords, brought to you by Google Chrome, acquired Iroha off waivers via a trade with the Chickabos. The Verminion Lords, sponsored by Jack Link's Chocobo Jerky, acquired Mog off waivers via a trade with the Mellowson Marauders. The Marauders get Imerk in exchange. The Verminion Lords, <laughs> sponsored by Zelfatol brand pain reliever, acquired Hovernyan off waivers via a trade with the Red Wings. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, buddy. I, I, it should be noted that Titans Banana Hammock, the Chickabos, and the Red Wings all remain unchanged, leaving many sources to question the catalyst behind these moves. Wait, what? I don't remember I, I don't remember making a trade what is this shit i asked you about it the a couple of day or on monday and you're like yeah i don't care just do whatever the hell you want 
I'm like, your, oh, your team hasn't changed. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, fine. Your team's still the, you're the same as it was. You just happened to make two trades. Oh, okay, then. And for a you brief traded mo- and traded back. And for a brief moment, a yokai was on your team. <laughs> Specifically, no. he wanted to make sure he was son of a bitch. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Now, all of this, all of this sounds like some backdoor dealing here. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, a Ma- lot of these management takes no responsibility. <laughs> Just do, you want, do you want to share what you offered these teams to give up their waiver order spot? Sure, I offered favors to everybody. What favors, though? Yeah, where's my favor? I don't remember a favor. Oh, yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't care about too. anything. So you're 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 uh, you're you're clearly done, uh, but I offered uh, GM Nika and GM Papa favors. What favors? Yeah, what kind of favors? I don't know. They haven't like, your business. They like, haven't cashed in yet. So. Like party favors. All right, all right. You know what? I I think we need to talk to the commissioner here. Yeah, this, yes. This this seems very unethical. Well, here's the way I looked at it. Questionable uh, as, at best. As, yeah. a, as a player also in the league, it would be a conflict of interest if I were to. Uh, veto a trade based on fairness. That's a conflict of interest because I play. Hmm. It is my job to facilitate those. And if you look only as far as Major League Baseball, all the time players are traded for a player to be named later or even less unscrutable cash considerations. So it's not like sports are above this. And speaking so of, I let and it technically go. the trades were not actually illegal. Like we traded. No, they were very illegal. Then legal we picked trades. someone up off the waiver wire, then we traded back. Yeah. That's how and besides, illegal that just that. makes me a good businessman. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what they get for it. And plus, like, I believe uh, we've been doing like in game or in uh, FFL trades for like, uh, well, we've yeah, been offering okay. like money. A trade. A like a trade here, that's fine. But you literally were like, all right, Nero. I'm going to take this guy from you. You pick up that guy. Now I'm going to trade him back to you so I can have the guy that I wanted. How many people did you get off the waiver wire? Uh, five. Yeah. Yeah, five this, people it, off this the is, waiver it wire. Be, it should be noted, he got five people off the waiver wire without making his waiver wire So pick. he still moves up the waiver <laughs> wire. <laughs> He sure My did. God. <laughs> See, I think Jux has just figured out the system, and okay. y'all need to catch up. I think that next season, we need to appoint someone who is not within the league as the commissioner to rule on stuff like this. I think that's fair. All but right. I just didn't think it was right for me to. Okay. All right. Who so, can we appoint? I, I nominate myself. Uh, that is a... You're in the of league. All, no. Oh, yeah. Second of all, we're going to figure that out This season, later. it should be kooky. All right. Now, I have some words for kooky, so I can't be her because she's going to be upset with me. Uh, long last, <laughs> oh, let's move on oh. to the match results for the week. In our upset of the week, the Balam T-Rexars pulled out the win against the Edelweiss Avengers. <gasps> the Eastern Division is now in a tight race for second place with the T-Rexars back even at 4-4. Four and four. The Edelweiss Avengers fall to 6-2. Six 6-2. And six and okay, two. so Ooh. I'd like to make uh, a thing here. I'd like to make a statement, okay? So a friend of mine went through some really bad stuff the other day, right? So normally I'm streaming at this time to push some final votes, right? I had left This sounds like a bunch of excuses. I had left work 52% to 48% in the Avengers' favor. And I was going to give out three pets on the stream because of it, right? Bribery? What? No, I, I had already won. Oh, talking about unethical. Yeah. Uh, eth- I had ethics. already won. This was just like, this is celebratory stuff. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Kooky. But you did win. Kooky was uh, was kind enough to stream for me so that, that way we could still, you know, do the contest and stuff like that. And about a half an hour, I think, after the polls closed, just something struck me out of curiosity. I'm just like, well, I wonder what the final count was. And I pop it open. 
51 to 49. Cookie, oh. you failed and, and, me. And you know what makes it all the sweeter? As I was later, I was later in I'm not done. I'm oh, not no. done. I'm not done. Cookie, I am so disappointed in you. I am unfortunately going to have to fire you as my assistant general manager. Wow. Because you know what? That's some squirrel level shit right there. She plays for another team. That is some squirrel level shit. You, you are no better than Cockring in my eyes right oh now, my Cookie. Gosh. Here's what makes it the, the best is that I was told later that that last minute swing was all due to Surin campaigning for me. <gasps> Surin, why? Shh. I've never done anything against you. Mm, it's so good. It's Senpai. so good. Senpai. Anyway, it was a tough week for the Red Wings, but then aren't they all? They take another loss, <laughs> falling to 0-8 against the Chickabos, who rebounded after their loss last week and now sit at 7-1. The beat's a high number. I'm, pretty, high number. I'm satisfied with got, that. And you've got them all in losses. It's great. I know. Well, you need them in one category or the sure. other. I get... Uh-huh. The beat goes on for the now 0-8 Bimbo USA as they were defeated soundly by the Verminion Lords, sponsored by Writer's Block. They now get back to 500, sitting at 4-4. Four and four. The Mellison Marauders defeated Titans Banana Hammock this week. While they may be 4-4 four and four on the season, their fan base prefers to see them as 2-0 and o since acquiring Kuki. <laughs> With the loss, Titans Banana Hammock falls to 5-3. and three. And lastly, the Juggernaut continues to roll as the Super Senpai Megaforce now sits at 8-0 with their win over El Negro Grande, who falls to 2-6. and six. Our waiver wire this week will be Raw Devil, Freya, Ishtola, Gilgamesh, Onion Knight, Titus, Zack, Skuro, Snow, and Lena. Wow, there's a lot of uh, familiar faces up there. I'll yeah, say that. I, I, I'm, Maybe I'm your see- whole team. I'm not seeing anyone in there that I would want to pick up. Not well, even Raw Devil? And the waiver order has <laughs> finally been mixed up. It is now sitting at Gordor, Surin, Juxta, Kalo, Escalia, Papa Woody, Mad Hatter, Aniro, Nika, and Malkithera. And lastly, our matchups for this week will be the Red Wings traveling to the Melusine Marauders for a match in the Wolves' Den. The Chickabos hit the road to take on the Balam T-Rexars in the training center. Beambo USA heads down to the Naval to try and get their first win of the season against Titans Banana Hammock. The Reminion Lords look to keep ro- uh, things rolling as they head to the Midgar Slums to take on El Negro Grande. And lastly, the Super Senpai Megaforce will play host to the Edelweiss Avengers. Of course, That's the- it. Vengeance! Of course, the last time these teams met, it led to one of our major controversies of the season. So what excitement lies in store this time. Remember to check out LimitBreakRadio.com this Tuesday night for your weekly update in the FFFL. That's right, and make sure that you're voting for who you want to see come out on top of the FFFL matchups. If you want reminders of the matchups and uh, know where to vote, head on over to LimitBreakRadio.com on Tuesdays to check that out. Uh, Alright, that's going to do it. We have run way over time here on the show today. Coming up, in a little bit under an hour over at twitch.tv slash final encounter cast we'll have our uh, other talk show about video games of uh, the video game industry and uh, anything gaming related that's over at twitch.tv slash final encounter cast if you like the show if you like the personalities here you're also going to like them over there head on over to twitch.tv slash final encounter cast or just wait for the host to go out after the show and uh, we'll send you over there as well all right guys that's going to do it here for for Limit Break Radio. I want to thank everyone for everything. <laughs> it's, been it's been an awesome show. Yeah. yeah no. uh, I want to thank Kuki, who's been uh, on the phone lines. Uh, Papa Woody, we hope that he gets better soon. And I also want to thank my crew, Kalo Landis, Juxtaposition, Nika Kayanian, and Escalia Ryumasa. I'm an hero. Keep listening.
Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. Today's episode was produced by Escalia Rayumasa, Kahlo Landis, and Kuki Persona. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Captain Failboat, Zurian Urexen, Azura Giacho, Bianca Forwin, Kalina Ashsaber, Thor Carson, My Waifu, Satori Komeji, Darbykins, Sakura-chan, Dark Flux, Null Packer, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at diamondmm.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. Music